Hello, what have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my son. We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. What a bad feeling about this. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect. So, this is where the fun begins. Ha What are you talking about? This is madness. Hey, what's happening, boys and girls in the internet world? My name is Christopher Marinin, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends show on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. And joining me today are my very good Star Wars friends. I'm Josh, and Babu Frick is one of my oldest friends. <laughs> ah! I'm Justin, and I wish Babu Frick was one of my oldest friends. Yes, I was wondering how you were going to top that one. That's a beautiful I know. Damn Dude. it, Josh. <laughs> Dude, we saw it. We're here. It's it's in our memory banks. It's imprinted in our memory. The Rise of Skywalker. We've successfully lived to see all nine chapters of the Star Wars saga, or the Skywalker. So, excuse me, excuse Great me. Great time to be alive. Oh, it's the it's such a beautiful time, time to be alive. I mean, guys, this is it's a holiday season for many. Uh, no matter what you know, no matter what you celebrate over this holiday season, we are celebrating the Mandalorian. We are celebrating the rise of Skywalker. We're celebrating everything that that Star Wars has gifted us with. And I am just, I'm so excited to be doing this episode with you guys and. Yeah, it's been a few days since we've seen it. It's cool. We've had some time to think about it, but I my excitement has not diminished at all. I mean, I'm ready to dive into this. My teeth are ready to sink into the hunk of meat that is the rise of Skywalker. I, I think it was good though that we waited a little bit to do this show because we I, all of us pretty much got in two viewings at least. True. Yeah. Right. So we didn't like jump the gun. Uh, you know, and, and do that initial response right after we saw it. And we're like, oh, my God, yeah. this is the greatest Star Wars movie ever. <laughs> like, we're not like that, right? We've seen it twice. We've seen it three times or whatever it is. And Third time today, we, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I think that gives us a good uh, a good buffet of information to take in and share. Right, right. And, you know, you, I don't know if my – but here's the thing with me personally. I don't know if my view has changed. I think I'm still just so excited uh, about this movie. Yes, I've put some thought into some things that we're going to talk about um, and have some some definitely expanded thoughts. But, man, I'm jazzed. Uh, I'm going to see it for a third time, probably on Christmas Day. I'm uh, going to go visit my fiance's uh, parents in Indiana. And they were like, hey, you guys want to see Rise of Skywalker? And I was like, yes. Uh, Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I, sign me up. So um, if you if you guys listening right now are brand new to the Star Wars Friends podcast, welcome to our community. Um, thanks for listening. We definitely uh, love having you guys uh, connect with us. You can connect with us online. So as you're listening to this and you want to chime in, you want to tell us what your favorite moments are, or maybe some of your qualms, or if you have questions, you can hit us up at Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can email us, show at StarWarsFriends.com. 
we definitely want to you know check in with you guys we want to hear your thoughts that's what's that's what makes this such a beautiful experience is that we get to share it with all you guys so welcome to the star wars friends podcast everybody um i am i'm definitely i got goosebumps i'm ready to roll um we you know we got we're celebrating uh christmas in just uh what two days right yeah crazy so 10 oh my god i love it and now we made it we made it double (laughs) digits baby small small (laughs) milestone (laughs) right but i had faith uh, i had faith in us yeah. yeah no this is great guys and um you know the the hype of Skywalker show definitely was a marathon, um, and I w- I've been sitting here stewing on you know a lot of the the predictions, thoughts, and things that we had talked about on there. Um, but with this one, I'm just you know this particular episode, I'm just ready to uh, talk about what we experienced um, and what was on screen. So um, you know, uh, with that, I haven't had time to play Fallen Order. I haven't. I've been traveling. I just literally drove in from Canada right before we started recording. So, what about you guys? Have you guys, you know, have you gotten anything in any gamer moments? I only played a little bit the other day, and I'm still basically on the first three planets or so. But I did unlock the dual bladed lightsaber on uh, the whatever the second planet was that I went to. So I, I haven't played since then. That was probably about a week ago, but. I do enjoy the game. I like to play it. I just right now with the holidays, it's just hard to hard to get in and get some playtime in. For sure. I don't know how I did it, but I like I said last week, I already <laughs> I already beat it. So yeah, you, yeah. I think were you on the Jedi Knight setting or on the easier no, setting? Not, no, I I switched to story mode because I was, uh, uh, yeah was yeah frustrated. yeah. I yeah, think I'm real close. I think after we record, um, I, I'll probably, I don't know. I don't know when we're going to wrap this up, but um, I might get in a, a little bit of time. I might get a little bit of time in tomorrow morning before uh, my family. We celebrate uh, Christmas on Christmas Eve, so that's that's a big day tomorrow. So we'll see if I wake up early enough uh, and get some fallen order in because I just want to see what happens. I want to beat it. I, I know I'm close. I know I'm close. Um, but we have another gift coming up on Friday. Uh, which is the last episode of season one or the last chapter. I keep calling them episodes. I got to just get that imprinted in my memory banks here. Um, it is the last chapter of The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. And uh, if you guys have listened to us, you know that we've recapped every episode up to this point or every chapter up to this point. And <laughs> I'm fascinated to see the continuation of um, chapter seven. And I hope that it is an extended episode. I hope that we get um, a lot of content, and I hope whatever arc they're on right now wraps up and um, we're gifted with kind of a preview of what's to come in season two. Maybe start a new arc. I don't know. Who knows? But um, I know I'm stoked. I'm just so ready to watch that episode. Oh, yeah. I I think it'll be good. Um, Probably a big cliffhanger at the end. I always, with with what happened in the last episode to... Uh, Yoda Ling or Baby Yoda. Part of me is like, I watched Walking Dead too, and I remember when uh, Daryl Dixon on the show was, uh, he's huge. He's a huge character on Walking Dead, but everybody yeah. in the beginning was like, oh, if Daryl dies, we riot. I'm just kind of like, <laughs> if anything happens to Baby Yoda, we're rioting. Like, oh, for real? For real? Do you do you guys think that that it's going to end with Baby Yoda in captivity, or um, you know, where we don't know what the status of Baby Yoda is? I think so. Yeah. I think that's the way you get us like 
really salivating for next season. Yeah. We, we have to know what happened to our little baby. Oh, man, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. Um, I was at a, a Star Wars function uh, the other night. Um, you know, the the night after Rise of Skywalker premiered, I think it was Friday, and uh, it was a Rebel Force Radio live event here in Cleveland, Ohio, and there was about a hundred people there, and a number of them. You know, I'm friends with I'm friends with a lot of them, and we all had candid conversations. And and one of you know, this is literally the night after the Rise of Skywalker, and a number of them were like, "Well, what's going to happen with Baby Yoda?" <laughs> like whoa what i'm still like i'm still jamming on rise of skywalker but it was definitely um on the top of everyone's mind here i saw a i saw a mock um time magazine cover of baby yoda as the uh, person of the year and i yes. thought that was so appropriate um i loved it uh, so there's you know there's still a ton of baby yoda content it was strange uh being up in canada um i saw a lot of advertisements for the mandalorian um, they were advertised on bus stops, on television screens, all over, and there was no mention of Baby Yoda anywhere. And I, I just I was fascinated by that. Um, and I did talk Star Wars with uh, several of uh, the Canadian, the fine Canadian folk up there, and um, not not one mention of Baby Yoda. I don't know. I should have asked. Hey, is Canada cool with Baby Yoda? You're cool with literally everything else in my book. What's going on? But uh, I know America loves them. So, well, you know, yeah. Canada has been notoriously anti-baby for several years now. Just babies in general. You know, they hate babies up there. What? Where is this coming from? It's all over the internet. You didn't see it? No. I'm just pulling out of my <laughs> ass here. Okay. I was you like, got, dang, you man. got worried. Yeah. Oh, with, so that's with, like. For, for any of you listeners out there, I am uh, basically a dual citizen of Canada. It's it's uh, it, I consider that my homeland, and you know whatever in, whatever you think about that, it's uh, it's a place that I feel very comfortable and loved. Uh, but I hope they love babies up there. I don't know, like I think they that's, do. That's <laughs> Sometimes I, got, I just say stuff to see what you do. No, it's all good. It's all good. I, but I, I, I should I should have investigated whether or not Baby Yoda was a hot topic up there. So I, I definitely with the final chapter, guys. I'm I'm hoping for at least an hour hour half you know episode. That's I would really love that. There's no way we're getting an hour and a half. <laughs> you don't think so? It's With- like a triple episode. There's no way, dude. They had a they had the big budget, and you know a lot of these shows they do the big finale, and you know um, you just brought up The Walking Dead. They would they would sometimes do the extended finale. They do the extended um, ones, yeah. Yeah, unless they consider chapter seven, chapter eight, you know, one, you know, one, because now I'm I'm considering the Force Awakens and Last Jedi, uh, a, a one movie, I'm looking at it as one, uh, you know, one singular event because the time in between those two movies was so short. Um, so with that, I mean, maybe chapter seven and chapter eight of Mandalorian is just going to run back to back seamlessly, you know. It could. I'm 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 I keep having this thing. With the Rise of Skywalker coming out, you ever ever have one of those days where you're at work and you're kind of like, ugh, and then you remember that it's Friday, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh shit, it's Friday. Oh, I have yeah. to work tomorrow, oh, or yeah. you know, whatever day is your next day off. Sure. Well, so I I'm kind of doing. I'm like so caught up in Rise of Skywalker that it, when I remember that there's uh, another episode of The Mandalorian, I'm like. <gasps> Yes, right. more That's new right. Star Wars. Yeah, oh yeah, keeps going. Something Crazy. else to look forward to. It is. It's so wild. It really is a great time to be alive as a Star Wars fan, and 
Yeah, until that episode's done and we don't have anything new for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't forget Clone Wars coming up, man. That'll be here before you know it. That'll be here before you know it. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. All right, guys. Like I know, I know the holiday is literally just two days away, but uh, I've added some things to my collection. So let's uh, let's jump in. And let's talk a little bit about it, shall we? Your lightsabers will make a fine addition to my collection. So I was not anticipating to get anything before Christmas and Christmas week. I mean, that's just the name of the game. I I really wasn't thinking about it. Um, I was spending a lot of my funds on Christmas gifts for other people. Um, But, you know, I got some things in the mail while I was in Canada. And we've definitely talked about this company before, Fulcrum Dawn. They, uh, They make such beautiful artwork and you know um we've talked about the thrawn pen before i finally got mine in hand and it is one of the most gorgeous enamel pens i have ever seen and i as it's no secret we are pinheads on this show i have uh, <laughs> hundreds of pins from star wars and this is among the the finest that i own um i also was able to get the amadala lips and they sent a beautiful sabine wren tie fighter uh sticker that was, if you guys remember in Rebels, where she painted the TIE fighter uh, in a really colorful design. Um, it's the first piece of artwork I've ever seen with that design on it. And as a TIE fighter collector, I collect uh, all types of different TIE fighters. That was pretty cool to add to my collection. Um, another one I showed the guys earlier is from a company called Creative Terror. Um, it was a Mandalorian pre order enamel pen and it is incredibly detailed incredibly colorful and it's a really cool retro shape uh we'll post that up on the uh the social media outlets at sw friends so you guys can take a look at that um but on my way to canada on route um i don't eat fast food but i stopped at a a truck stop in new york state uh it's angola truck stop it's on 90 you you can't miss it. it's like the only truck stop on 90 um and there's a mcdonald's there and i saw i was walking in and they had this giant rise of skywalker promo um you know had ray on one side had kylo ren in the helmet on the other but underneath it it had these like goofy looking like tchotchke characters and it was like a mcdonald's exclusive three pack and what do they call it? It's called the Dark Side Saga set, and it comes with uh, Darth Maul, Darth Vader, and the Emperor. And it's like a, a characterized version of these figures. And uh, once again, I'll post these online. I think I actually did post it already on our social media outlets. But there are these goofy little things. I actually thought they were ornaments. Um, when I read the instructions, it said – I'm going to open it up live. I'm going to do a, an unboxing podcast here. Oh, my God. Here. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, have to, I have to see what happens here. So it says you can you you pull the you pull the head up. So let's see. Let me. Oh, that didn't do anything. All right, let's see here. Nothing. Uh, let's pull the body down. Oh, there it is. Okay, oh, I'm pressing is. a button. Uh, it lights up. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah, it puts a little picture of Ray Park uh, in a stock photo from the Phantom Menace in the back of this uh, little hole here. I'm holding yeah. it up to uh, the camera so the boys can see it. I might oh. post a video of this. It is, um, it's interesting. So hey, uh, they have these <laughs> at McDonald's. Uh, I think I paid three ninety nine for them, so no loss oh, okay. there. Um, they, those come in the Happy Meals, and they have them in like. 
several characters, though. Like several, oh, yeah. several characters. Oh, yeah. So it does have the listing back here. If anyone's interested, um, this is the entire lineup. They got Darth Vader, Luke, Leia, Yoda, which looks very funky. Almost looks like Mel Brooks um, from Spaceballs. Han Solo, who actually looks like... A young Bruce Jenner, um, Chewbacca with a very short haircut here, C-3PO, Stormtrooper, BB-8 and DO 2-pack, Ray, Kylo Ren and Helmet, uh, Poe Dameron, who does not look anything like Poe Dameron, the Sith Trooper, Finn, Zori, and a R2-D2 BB-8 2-pack. So BB-8 gets a lot of love in these uh, McDonald's Happy Meals. Um, I'll post a picture of that if you guys are interested in collecting those. Um not any one of these are terribly um, good looking, but if you're into this type of thing, uh, they got them at McDonald's. So, um, <laughs> so that's that. Um, as far as what I saw in Canada, uh, you know, I went up there for uh, personal reasons. I go up to Canada uh, every holiday, and I wasn't necessarily in search of anything Star Wars. I was really hoping to see some unique. Um, French Canadian Star Wars magazines or candies or chips or anything that was just branded in Rise of Skywalker. And I got to tell you guys, I, I saw almost nothing with Rise mm. of Skywalker. Um, in Canada, they do have Toys R Us. They do have EB Games. And EB Games is known for a really just in general having good Star Wars um, you know toys available. I saw a crumpled package um, – Zori Bliss, that was the most modern figure they had. Um, but then they had a, a vintage collection Ray from The Force Awakens that was looked like somebody stamped on it with their feet. And uh, Zuvio. There was a Zuvio at the EB <laughs> Games I went to in Canada. That was it. I saw three. I was up there for days. I saw three Star Wars figures. Um, and you know, I was holiday shopping. It was crazy. Um, but I did pick up some really unique clothing which i'll also post on our uh on our social channels got this really fantastic slave one uh hoodie from a company called uniqlo there's only a few uniqlo stores in america but they're pretty prominent in canada uh they sell really uh cool designer clothes so i got that and then i got the uh a, a white sweatshirt from h&m it but it's the french movie poster of a new hope uh the original star wars poster and it's a really i think it's a sharp sweater um so i'll post that up as well but one last thing guys um i said i had a little unique story about the last item that i want to talk about here uh we've talked on our show that none of us signed up for the fan experience event at uh for Rise of Skywalker, which is the first show. It's five o'clock. It's uh, you pay a little bit of extra money. You get some. You get some little uh, freebies, et cetera, et cetera. I actually managed to get one of those opening night fan experience um, Rise of Skywalker pins, and I was so jealous of the Last Jedi pins for the opening night. And I never got my hands on them. They went right to Evil Bay. You know, they were fifty, sixty bucks, and I was like, oh, okay. And I and I never looked at them since. So I walk into the theater, mind you, I have, um, you know, I, I'm, I have like 10 tickets in tow. You know, that's what I purchased for, for my screening. And I saw a few pins on the table and I walked up to the, the, the girl at the ticket uh, counter and I was like, Hey, um, what's up with that pin? And she was just this young, poor girl. And I was like, uh, you know, total freak Star Wars mode. I was there an hour and a half before my show. <laughs> like, right, hey, what's up? It's like, oh, God, it's another one of those nerds yes, asking me yes, for a pin. Oh, my yes. God. She looks so terrified, dude. And I, but I, like me, I was like, 
I don't care. I want that pin. I'm just going to keep going for it. I was like, so um, if you give me that pin, uh, will you get in trouble? And she goes, yes, yes, I will. And she started like, she started <laughs> getting uneasy and I was like, okay, okay. I'll, I'll, no worries. No worries. I don't mean to bother you. I beelined it right to the guy wearing the button up shirt and the name badge who I just presumed was the house manager. And I was like, Hey man, um, <laughs> so I just spent a ton of money on tickets here and I see a couple loose pins over there. And he was like, you know, he gave me the, like the eye roll thing. And I was like, no, 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 you don't get it. Like I need that pin. I'm a, I'm a pin collector. And uh, sure enough, he was like, well, uh, are you going to hang out in the lobby? I was like, yeah, man, I'm waiting for like, you know, nine of my friends. And, uh, sh- sure enough, had it, grabbed it for me, did the secret, the, the funny, like slide the dollar bill in the hand handshake thing. And he was, and he literally, he slid it into my hand. He's like, I don't want to catch you telling anyone I did this. You know, it was like one of those, like, it was like, a, I felt like James Bond. Almost. It was like super nice. weird, but, uh, I'm so happy to have it on my collection. Um, and I'm going to wear it on my denim vest proudly, uh, at celebration. So anyway, I, I can you out him by in. saying the theater and, uh, the address? Nope. And- nope. That's my dude. That's my <laughs> dude. That's I his got inside source. He can't yeah, do that man. now. <laughs> no, I always wondered that though, if they, no, okay. if they had, um, like leftover blankets. Cause I think during, if you did the 24 hour marathon, yeah, yeah. Like kinds of swag to people. And I think one of them was like a blanket yeah, uh, that people were walking out with. So part of me is like, Oh, do the theaters have like extras of those laying around anywhere that I could like, Hey, oh, sure. But I saw the popcorn tins. Um, I got I one of those dollar R2 D2 popcorn holder with drink in head. And I was like, I can't what is that? I didn't see that. Crazy. Like if it was maybe like 10, 15 bucks, I'd be like, sure. But mm-hmm. no, I couldn't do 50 on that. That was crazy. So what was it? It was R2-D2's head with like two compartments? Yeah, it's, or? Like a, it's like a two foot tall droid of R2. No. Like he's got this pull out uh, front compartment that the pop yeah. goes in. But the drink goes in his head and there's a straw that sits down in the top of his head. <laughs> I'm sitting there holding him by the legs. Yeah. Sitting- drink and like eating the popcorn out of the front and i said i asked my wife i said well what happens though if there's a leak in the pop or in the <laughs> top of its head and it goes down into your yeah, popcorn like, gross nasty. so but it that's was crazy dollars fifty dollars for that and i said no so, I can't. so you're so you're telling me someone bought that thing and they have a basically a child in their lap the whole yeah. movie right like yes oh my god it, okay it looked and i've not been to um galaxy's edge yet but when i go i would like to build a droid and i don't know yet whether i'm going to build a r2 unit or a or a right, right. unit but it, i think it was bigger than the r2 unit that you get at galaxy's edge so yes crazy like a small toddler in your lap the entire movie <laughs> holding popcorn in a oh drink oh my for you. god Okay. Well, hey, teach their own. I, I, I could not have anything on my body while watching that movie. So that's, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I got that. I got that bucket though. That bucket's pretty nice. Um, yeah, the tin. Uh, my girl or my fiance. Oh my god. Um, my fiance. I know. I just got engaged. Uh, so yeah, that's super badass. Uh, (laughs) so, um, she got the lightsaber cup. She got. It's funny. She goes. She goes to the cashier. She's like. I'll take the Ray lightsaber and the cashier like gives her this look like what, you know, because you got the red and the blue and she's like the Ray lightsaber. I want the Ray lightsaber. And she was like, yeah, what, what, like, do you want it? No. And she's like the blue one. And, uh, she's, Oh, okay. Um, and then I got the, uh, 
the Rise of Skywalker big cup, the the big beautiful cup. That one with the Kylo Ren cup topper uh, also made the mistake of telling the cashier I wanted the Kylo Ren cup topper. Gave me the look like, what are you talking about? I'm like, the, the all black cup topper. Just give me the guy with the helmet. Come on. Anyway, uh, so what did, what did you guys pick up? Um, so my theater swag, uh, I got I got a Rise of Skywalker tin, um, popcorn tin, and then I got this um, R2-D2, not nearly as big as a child, um, <laughs> cup. And it's I was, I was kind of upset with – with all of it, because the R2-D2 cup was too big for the cup holder, and the top didn't stay on, oh so I spilled popcorn God. all over my crotch. Or not popcorn, but pop. No! And then, and, um, and then of <laughs> course, like I got it home, and a, a bunch of the blue paint on the on his top was like rubbing off from the popcorn butter. That's crazy butter. to me, dude. Yeah, you sent that. That's nuts. So that was, I mean, it's, it's still cool, and now it just kind of looks weathered, so... Which I think I, either Justin or Kyle was like, it's weathered, it's fine. Um, <laughs> He's got the battle worn R two now. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my god. And you know, I was I was also a little bit annoyed because they they had you know Cinemark had those lightsaber cups, but they were already sold out. Really? They were selling them before the movie came out. Oh. Uh, like what? you didn't Good. save a stock for opening night. That's crazy. That's bizarre. Usually they yeah. have those boxes sealed. Like don't open until opening. You know they'll put the date on there or whatever. That sucks, dude. Yeah. I'm so sorry. either they were selling them before, or they were selling, like, or they sold out at the fan event. But I can't imagine they only have one theater's worth of cups. But I mean, for I sure them. they. I saw people walking out though with three or four of those popcorn tins though too. Like they had two of the light side and two of the dark side. So yeah, if yeah. they're not limiting like how many people can purchase or take out. Then yeah, people can yeah, like, yeah, I'm gonna buy four cups and yeah, you know, there's none left for you. So same thing. Going in it for me. Yeah, yeah right. Well, same thing with right. Figure collecting like you get collectors that go in there or resellers that'll buy two or three of them, and then you've got nothing on the shelf for anybody else. So right. Yeah, crazy. I hear you. <laughs> um, I, so I I can't remember what I was searching for, but I was on Evil Bay looking. I think I oh you know what I was looking for. I was looking up what a tie defender pilot's uh, outfit looks like, like nice. how it's different than a regular tie pilot. Because I was like, maybe I'll start building that and try to join the five hundred first, like my friend Justin. Oh yeah. But, um, apparently. He, the only thing I could find was the guy that's from the Rebels episode, whose name I can't think of, with the mustache. Apparently, it's yes. exactly oh, the same, yeah, but it yeah, just yeah. has like a yellow stripe on the he helmet. He was the one training Wedge when Wedge was at the Imperial Academy. Correct. Yes. 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 Um, but through looking for that, I found a uh, what do we want to call it? Like a recreation of the Thrawn print pin from. Uh, Celebration 2017, um, and I got it in the mail today, and it looks exactly like the one that is going on eBay for like 150 bucks right now. Yeah, so man, that's pretty exciting. Love it. Um, and then Tab let me open one of my uh, Jesus birthday gifts uh, tonight, and it was um, a Bandai models of uh, Star Destroyer and the Death Star number two. So that is sweet. a really cool set, dude. That's a really yeah. cool set. Yeah, excited. Awesome. So the the instructor you're thinking of is for any of you diehard Rebels fans is Volt Scaris. That's yeah. it. Yep. 
<laughs> I was like, wait, yeah. I know he's got a crazy name. Yeah, yeah, Volt Scarce. Nice clean mustache going on, the yellow stripes oh, down so the So serious. Yep. So yeah. serious. There's Love. very few TIE Fighter variants out there, other than when you get into um, uh, you know, Operation Cinder and you look at those, uh, uh, what, what's their squadron? Um, oh, uh, Inferno, Inferno Squadron. Uh, Inferno yeah, yeah. Squadron, right. Yeah. Like, theirs are very different. Um, and that's why, like, when the TIE Fighter comic series came out, I was trying to see if their outfits were different than, because that's the 204th, I think. Um, and I was trying to see if they were any different, but they looked the same in the comics as they did with the other ones. So You just reminded me, dude, I have to send those to you. I have to send those books to you. Do well, you, it's do you... funny. I, I went into a comic shop, and I found one in five. Okay. I read one. I'm not reading five because I don't have two, three, <laughs> and four yet. So... Let me make a note. Let me make a note. You you go ahead and go on. I'm going to actually set those aside while you're talking. I'm going to step away into my library and grab (laughs) those for you before I forget. So I picked up the Cara Dune for Josh because Josh was looking for a Cara Dune. So I grabbed that for him. Yippee! That's that's what we do as collectors, (laughs) right? We try to help people out. And that's ultimately how we ended up coming together at Celebration was like, where are you going first? Where are you going first? What are you getting? Hey, can you get me one if they have another one? Can you get two? All right. And that's really how we ended up kind of meeting when we got there. So I grabbed that for Josh. Um, Other than that, I didn't go crazy this week. There was a couple things on the Order 66 uh, Friday Night Live sale that they had, which was very interesting because they had a huge... Uh, autograph session sale with actors from the movie. They had um, uh, Gamorian, the guy that played the Gamorian guard was on there. They had um, the gentleman from the Ewok Caravan of Courage movie. Uh, he was on there, and our friend Dominic Pace uh, was on there as well. He was signing autographs. Um, I ended up picking up a 30th anniversary Shadow Trooper um, on there, and they had the Kylo Ren white box. Uh, for sale on there, so I scored him as well. Nice and man. They had a, they do uh they do shirts, they do shirt runs, and they had this Baby Yoda, ugly Christmas T-shirt. It's like red, and it's his face across the front with like a little Santa hat, and it has like snowflakes and like little Mandalorian helmets on it. Yeah. It's like this print. <laughs> so I got I pre-ordered one of those as well. Um, but that's that's what I got from them. And then uh, I sent you guys the the Christmas gifts, and I know Chris got his. Oh yeah, uh, we're still waiting on Josh's and and Vix and Kyle's to get there. I think they're lost in no man's land right now. But with the holidays, I, I imagine shipping is crazy. So um, as soon as they get those, we'll uh, you guys will all open those, and and I'll share that vendor with you guys and uh, give them a shout out on the show. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I definitely yeah, I'm gonna wait till everyone else gets theirs. Um, I just grabbed the Tie Fighter issues for you, so I'm gonna make sure I get to, uh, drop those in the mail. Uh, I'll get those out to you. I gotta tell you, I think I already told you in our group thread um, that it's just not a terribly exciting book. And, no, and, uh, and I'm not expecting it to be. I just it's interesting to hear a different take on uh, a different uh, a squadron or a different group, and yeah. not all from the good guy side. I like hearing stories from the bad guy side every once in a while. Yeah, it is. It, it It's in as far as like supplemental comic books, it, their story is more interesting because the alphabet squadron book is so good. Yes. Um, and, and I didn't think that I was actually going to like the alphabet squadron book after the first couple chapters. But as I kept reading, 
I was like, okay, I want more. And luckily they're going to give us a sequel to that book. I'm very excited about that. But I was really hoping for more. You know, this is the first Star Wars TIE fighter, you know, headline comic. And I was like, oh, okay. Like this is going to be, this is going to be serious. But it was, um, I'll let you be the judge and maybe we can recap it on a future show. Cause we, you know, I still have a goal to do a, uh, a book show on here, many books shows, whether it's comics or novels or otherwise. I mean, we still got to recap, you know, uh, Resistance Reborn and, and all those good things. So, um, yeah, I'll get those out in the mail to you. I got them set aside Sweet. right at my doorstep, so I can't Thank forget you. it now. <laughs> so, Josh, yeah. Josh, did you end up finishing Resistance Reborn yet or not yet? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. I all did. right. Cool. Good. We can talk about how Wedge Antilles angle got yes. totally screwed up in The Rise of Skywalker. Yep. Oh, spoilers. Uh, us. All right. So I don't, uh, I don't agree. I don't well, agree. We can dive into that uh, in our next segment. But this sounds like uh, we got some really cool stuff right before uh, right before Christmas. I am not expecting any Star Wars gifts for Christmas. Um, I, we've talked about this on a future show. I just have told people, you know, no Star Wars. Don't buy me anything Star Wars because it's going to be, you know, like just nothing I would ever want. You know, it's just one of those things like a. Like a like a Yoda chalice or like, you know, um, I don't even Bantha socks or, you know, something crazy or, uh, you know, I've seen, just seen the weirdest stuff. But uh, I don't expect any Star Wars stuff for Christmas. We'll see um, when when people who don't know buy me Star Wars stuff. It's always like um, a stormtrooper up at the up at the plate to bat for a baseball or like uh, a shirt with Vader on it. throw holding a. <laughs> sign that says free throat hugs or like oh my god i just i i like stuff that's like in universe i don't want like jokey oh yeah i got you like sometimes jokey star wars stuff is fun but most of the time it's i what if someone gifted you the c3po the infamous c3po tape dispenser do you know what i'm talking about i don't I think you guys need to google the c3po tape dispenser and any listener to the Star Wars Friends podcast right now. Do yourself a favor, jump on the Google machine and type in the C3PO tape dispenser. And if someone would give you that as a gift, I want to know what you would say uh, when you open that up on your holiday morning. And you know what's funny that you bring that up? I was just in Hallmark oh, today getting cards. I've seen this. And I found the uh, Adat tape dispenser where <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah. downed Adat and the tape dispenser yeah, like, tears it. off at the back end. I saw that oh, one yeah. today. Those Hallmark, the pop-minded stuff, man, is fascinating to me. And it's it's no secret that I collect Hallmark uh, Star Wars items. And the pop-minded line that they have of Star Wars items is actually really nice. Um, our key dish at our house is the Millennium Falcon plate they have from pop-minded. And it's beautiful. It's just this ceramic plate of, in the outline of the Falcon. And it's uh, one of my favorite Star Wars pieces. And it's simple. It's just a little dish. But it's so well done. Um, it's literally the first thing that people see when they come in through our house. So um, it's pretty nice. fun. Yeah. So have you uh, – so, Josh, sounds like you Googled uh, the yeah, C-3PO be, tape dispenser. So I, How I have seen this before. I, I have seen this before. I just forgot. And yeah, I think in this case, um, yeah, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> I know I would. Justin, are you are you going to Google this and let us know your instant reaction? Um, I'm going to go with no. I can't bring that into work. <laughs> it is it is a little risque, isn't it? I don't know that that's work appropriate for uh, for for where, where I work. Goodness. Should I even bring up the C3PO Star Wars card? 
the infamous C-3PO Star Wars card. Do you guys know about no. that? No. Oh. Do I need to Google that too? The the one item that Anthony Daniels will refuse to sign if you present it to him. Oh, I'm just dropping a whole bunch of holiday nuggets on you guys right now. So uh, once again, if you guys are listening to Star Wars Friends podcast and you heard it here first, I want to hear your instant reactions on the infamous C-3PO Star Wars card. And if you can't find it on an e- easy Google search, it's probably because it's NSFW. Uh, so, uh, oh, tip, I so see it. I tread see it. lightly. I Googled it. Tread lightly. <laughs> oh, boy. I understand why he won't sign that now. Oh, I yeah. see it. Do not bring that to Mr. Anthony Daniels' meet and greet at Celebration 2020. He will kindly, or maybe not so kindly, refuse to sign that item. So, wow. want to hear your reaction. What is the deal with that? Like, Why? <laughs> Uh, so in so pre Photoshop days, when they would make designs of these, you know, they would cut and paste certain things. And the the myth goes that whoever was the person who mocked up this card kind of just put that in as a joke. And it actually made it to the production line. Um, and it, there were more versions of that card produced than the edited uh, version. So, um, mm. yeah, yeah, crazy, wow. crazy. So, um yeah. So, cheers, guys. Justin, we know what uh, we know what Chris's kink is now. Droid porn, right? right. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's I got a deep knowledge of it. So, uh, do what? Do you want to hear the story of the Gonk Droid? He said, "Deep knowledge." <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, hey, we're here to talk. We're, let's let's switch gears, y'all. Shift gears. Um, we are here to talk about the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I got jazzed up. I was very excited listening to this. I still am excited. I'm dancing right now. Best theme ever. <laughs> and so, you know, I've been listening to the Rise of Skywalker soundtrack that dropped. It's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And um, I'm going to give it a full, uninterrupted listen tomorrow morning during my coffee. And um, kind of stare at my Christmas tree and just listen to it. Um, I've been it's been background music for the last uh, few days here, but I want to give it a beautiful listen. Um, it's just really fantastic. So, um, yeah. All right, spoiler time. So if you're listening and you don't want spoilers on the rise of Skywalker, if you if you're somehow listening to a hardcore Star Wars podcast right now and you haven't seen the rise of Skywalker, um, thanks. <laughs> but uh yeah uh this is heavy spoilers so i know you know kyle and vic they wanted to be here bad um we all have very strong opinions on this movie and we all want to talk about it um so i'm hoping we can get a, a reaction uh show with those guys here soon um uh, probably in the next couple days and you know i want them to kind of react to what we have to say i already know uh, a lot about what kyle's thoughts are um, he's definitely been very vocal in our group thread. And I think the three of us um, probably are more aligned together than uh, maybe Kyle is with us. Vic, uh, I know Vic enjoyed the movie as well. So, um, you know, it's going to be definitely fascinating to have Kyle on the a conversation with this. But I got to tell you, um, guys, I just I really absolutely deeply loved this movie. Um, it was 
everything I wanted in a Star Wars movie. I have not nitpicked it. I have not poked holes. I have not um, tried to find things wrong with it. I went into the movie to enjoy this movie, to have the bow tie wrapped on the Star Wars saga, and it and it wrapped it beautifully for me. Um, you know, I you can I've gone on record to talk about things I thought would happen, um, and I also am on record saying that I wouldn't be disappointed if my thoughts didn't come true. And I got a blend of both, and I'm not disappointed. I am I'm thoroughly thoroughly pleased with the job that. J.J. Abrams, all the actors, uh, Chris Terrio did. And um, I'm very happy with it. I'm very, very happy with it. I have to say, just because you said that, I, I waited to listen to our hype episode until after I'd seen the movie. And I'm astounded by how many of the weird theories you had <laughs> that came true, either 100% or like pretty damn close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was very impressed with your, and I was like, did he see the movie early? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, someone at the, uh, you know, I was at the rebel force radio event, like I mentioned, and, uh, someone came up to me, actually a listener of our show came up to me, uh, Tyler. And he, you know, he was like, oh man, like those theories were really awesome. Like, and he kind of said the same thing. And I was like, yeah, man, like I, I write like I, I'm a creative writer. So my brain is always thinking creatively and always thinking, how do you line up this story? How do you, you know, what, regardless if it's star Wars or anything, and, you know, um, I, I just am a creative writer. So you miss a lot, but sometimes you hit and it feels good. So thanks yeah. for recognizing that Josh. <laughs> so humble. I think there's a lot we missed in that hype episode too, but I, I think we, we did hit a couple here, or there that were key things but i think we i know i'm gonna go back and listen to it again because i listened yeah. to it beforehand because normally as soon as we produce i'll go back out and listen to it like the next day um but i I'm, i know there's probably plenty that i missed on uh in those predictions but you know i thought there were things that would have played a bigger part uh in rise of skywalker that didn't sure. and and i thought that was kind of interesting but um yeah I'm, I'm sure i missed on more than what i got right but i don't know we'll see yeah. Well, what, what, were your, what were your overall impressions? I mean, I know I'm through the moon excited. I'm I'm very positive, very high on this movie. What about you guys? I I went into it kind of the same way that you did. I wasn't like, you know, going into it where, hey, it's over the moon. Like, you know, this is the end. I kind of went into it very level-headed just to see what I thought of the movie. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, when, we, when I went back and watched it the second time, there's a lot of things that I caught in the second viewing that I missed in the first viewing. Um, you know, a couple lines here and there that they said that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, and I, I see how that ties in later. But at the time that you view it the first time, you're not like you're listening to it and you're just trying to catch up with everything that's going on. But when you go back and you rewatch it a second time and you know you've seen it, you know what happens, and then you hear them deliver certain lines, you go, ah, now I see the tie in later on. So I think you really have to give it that second watch, at least a second watch before you go, well, this is garbage or this is amazing or whatever it is. So I really enjoyed the movie. I, you know, I, I think it was kind of in the same realm as uh, Last Jedi with me. It's, it, I enjoyed it. It's not obviously my favorite Star Wars movies, but I, I did really, really like them. I still think Force Awakens is the best out of the three okay. for me, but that's just yeah. my opinion. So, uh, But I, I really, really liked it. I loved, loved the end battle. The, <laughs> Oh, I just yeah. let so many ships and just oh, it's uh, crazy. That's, that's a Star crazy. Wars. That is a Star Wars right there. 
Yes, absolutely. I love. I I I liked it a lot um, on the first viewing. I was a little blown away by how like I, there weren't a lot of chances to breathe in the movie, and so on subsequent viewings, um, I I did catch a couple things that I was like, I don't know how I feel about that, and I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. But I but I I loved it more and more with each with each viewing and noticed more and more things. And yeah, no, I. I don't know. I don't know if I can say where it ranks so far in the in the greater saga, but I definitely it's. I, I liked it a lot. It was it was really good. So I, I don't I don't do rankings. Um, I will put Attack of the Clones and Last Jedi towards the, my probably not going to watch often list, um, or at least not as often as the other movies. I, I guess I I rank them based on how many times I've just put them on. Like I'll just put on empire strikes back or a new hope whenever. Um, and I even watch phantom menace, man. Like it, you know, sometimes I'll just put it on. Um, I just, I won't put on, um, attack of the clones easily. And I, I definitely don't do last Jedi, but, um, you know, the thing about the pacing and that's been a huge, huge part of the dialogue since this movie came out is, you, you know, you, you have a lot of vocal, people that are like, oh, it was too fast. It was too crazy. Well, what's going on? You know, and they definitely, that was a, one of their complaints was it was very fast paced. Um, you didn't hear a lot of people that were like, man, I really, you know, the pacing was perfect for me, but I'll be the first one to say the pacing was perfect for me. Um, because it was a George Lucas, Flash Gordon style pacing, faster and more intense, faster and more intense, faster and more intense. Look at how George Lucas wanted his movies made. This was it because it was fast and it was intense. And I thought the pacing of it was appropriate for the story, which was all of these elements were hitting very quickly and you had 16 hours to, you know, basically confront the emperor. So you had to have that fast pacing. Whereas The Last Jedi, you know, and I, I don't want to dive into a lot of Last Jedi, but you basically had the same timeline in The Last Jedi for the fuel to run out. But somehow the pacing felt very slow and it was a very arduous crawl to get through The Last Jedi. Like no one's ever going to say The Last Jedi was a fast paced movie. But I mean, really, (laughs) what are you going to say? It's not a fast paced movie. Um, And that's and that's a criticism that, you know, fans of The Last Jedi have about this movie. It's too fast, too fast. You couldn't let things build up. And we'll talk to Kyle about his, you know, his views. But this is the George Lucas way. Faster and more intense. It is a pulp, space, uh, you know, whatever. Odyssey, opera, whatever you want to say. It's an action movie. So I, it worked for me. Um, but I I get it. It it definitely was very fast. <laughs> it, it surprised me on first viewing, but it didn't bother. It didn't bother me after the first viewing. Did it slow down for you guys on the second viewing? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, I think that's important for people to go back for the second viewing if they were kind of like – because I also did see people that were complaining about it that haven't been back to see it a second time. And I'm like, yo, dude, just give it a second chance. You might actually enjoy it more. Um, We talked a little bit pre-show about our theater experiences. I had a great experience. Um, Went to the Cinemark XD screen, got all those you know, the little fan treatments, and uh, I got to see it with my friends. Um, You know, my best friends, I got to see – 
see it with my fiance. Um, you know, it was a whole row of Star Wars fans um, where I was sitting. The theater was definitely lively. Not the most lively premiere I've ever been to for Star Wars, but there was definitely excitement. Um, got some cheers, got some pops when the fanfare came up. Um, you know, some some pops throughout the movie. Um, not any, not really any booze. Um, I heard a, and I'm, I'm not even going to go there. So <laughs> I'm going to stop before uh, I heard a very uh, nasty comment at one point out loud in the, in the theater. Uh, we're not going to go there. That's not this show. Um, but overall there was definitely enthusiasm in the room. What about you guys? Same. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was my, the crowd in mine was pretty calm and quiet. There wasn't really any cheers or any booze for anything that was going on. Uh, I think they were, you know, happy to see kind of the end of the saga. I don't think, but everybody kind of the end of the movie got up slow. But my my theater experience, I got my big tub of popcorn, I got my big old drink. I sit down with my buddy Mike. We're about to watch the movie, and it starts up. You know, the crawl's going on, music's playing. I'm watching it. The guy on my right, he was a like, you know, he'd get a big full hand of popcorn, right, eat it, and I'm totally fine with that but was a complete open mouth chewer. Number one, that's number one. Number two, strike two was after every handful of popcorn he ate, he did the finger suck. No, and it was just like no. that. his fingers back and forth after every no. handful of popcorn. And I don't know how many glares I gave. I kind of looked over to my right and I'm <laughs> the like, glares don't work. They don't work. Kidding me right now. And at one point, he did it. It was he was sucking on the end of his fingers, and I turned oh. to my right, and I just sat there for a minute. I couldn't even watch the movie for a hot minute that's because I'm awful. like staring at this guy. He looks over his left shoulder, and I think that's when he realized what he was doing, and it yeah. stopped after that. And this oh is probably, God. you know, twenty minutes into the movie, he was doing this, and I'm just like, "You are completely ruining this for me right now, dude." Yeah. Stop. And I'm like, "You are a grown man." Chewing your popcorn with your mouth open and sucking your fingers. I was like, I need you to be an adult right now. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, and, so and, and part of me, um, you know, I, I love going to, to movie theaters. I have a little art house that we see small run films in right right by where I live. Um, I, I am very strong. I'm against crinkly paper and crinkly bags in movie theaters. Um, but I also feel that when they show the screen for silence your cell phones and all this, there should be a proper movie etiquette, you know, screen where, you know, they call out loud crunchers and you know finger suckers or people that talk or know all the lyrics to the Le- Le- lebron james sprite commercial before the the movie starts you know <laughs> ridiculous things like that it's like dude it, uh, i feel I, like I, justin man I, I, my, I heart, give, my heart breaks for that that's a, i mean after 20 minutes it was fine but i, I gotta give props to my wife too because she came with me on the second viewing yeah and she is a big uh candy in movie theater person so she'll get the boxed you know, candy that has the wrapper inside of it. Oh yeah. She, she is always smart about it. She will open the wrapper, dump the candy into the box, throw oh, the yeah. wrapper away and then eat it out of the box. So I, I got to give props to her. That <laughs> whenever yeah. she brings candy in, that's usually what she does. Oh yeah. I just, I just thought of something. So there was audible gasps of excitement and sadness in the whole theater when, when Han showed up. Oh, and, yeah, and then dude. also, when you first hear Anakin's voice. Oh, really? 
Yeah. People people reacted to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm saving my Han moment for a few minutes from now um, and my reaction to that. Uh, <laughs> so um, my biggest pop in my theater was the kiss. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, the there biggest, was a pop for that, too. Yeah. The biggest reaction was the kiss, for better or worse, because there were definitely cheers and there were definitely groans. Um, <laughs> I ha- will also talk about my reaction to the kiss because I was I am definitely a noted um, not anti Raylo but I'm not Raylo uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that um, so really this is my this is my third recap show because um, the Rebel Force crew I saw the movie with those guys on premiere night we uh, we occupied a suite um, at the Crown Plaza downtown Cleveland after the movie and we just we sat there and we talked, we talked the movie and it was, uh, one of those moments we did a, we did a show together and my purpose on that show was to help them stay on track as far as the timeline of this movie is concerned and the events that happened in this movie. So, um, you know, my brain like C3PO imprinting the image of the, uh, Sith dagger into his memory banks. I imprinted this movie pretty well and was helping those guys kind of guide them along this journey. Um, but we definitely had some pretty thoughtful discussions. This today on the Star Wars Friends, this is definitely um this is gonna be some hardcore uh in-depth conversation here over the next you know half hour, 40 minutes. Uh but one of the fascinating things that happened at the the Rebel Force Radio event on Friday um was that I got to hang out with Matt Lanter, uh, obviously Anakin Skywalker from the Clone Wars, Davin from The Mandalorian, um and I kind of got his thoughts on the movie. Uh, he loved it. He was at the premiere in L.A. Um, and just had a, the, a blast. So uh, Anakin Skywalker approved, uh, loved it, had a great time, thought it was very fun. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about the pacing. Um, you know, he even felt that it was it was definitely in the style of George Lucas. So that was a fun moment um, for me to, to have. I never met Matt before. Super nice guy. Hope to have him on the show when uh, Clone Wars drop and we would love to interview him. That would be sweet. Uh, yeah, yeah. So definitely got that going for us. Uh, that's in the works right now. All right, guys, you ready to dive in? We ready yeah. to to break this down? Now right the I, deep end. Unlike the show I did let's with Rebel it. Force, let's just jump around and uh, we don't have to go. You know, start to finish. We'll just talk about what what happened. And I got to tell you guys, um, I did. I've seen the movie twice. I got very emotional the first showing at many different scenes. The second showing, um, I also had the same responses or I was more emotional during those moments that hit me on the first viewing. So like amplified. Agreed. It it really was. It really was. And I got to tell you, um, the one that's giving me full body goosebumps right now as I'm speaking to you um, were the Chewy moments, the Chewbacca moments. And there were a lot of them. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, It started with. The it started with we all thought Chewie was dead, and when Ray, oh my God, when Ray screamed at that moment, she thought that she killed Chewbacca with that Force lightning. It was such a powerful moment. Not only thinking that Chewbacca was dead, but her reaction to that, just the strong acting from Daisy Ridley, it really, really hit. And um, I know I clutched my chest. My my fiance had her head, her literally covered her eyes. Uh, I look over to the Rebel Force dudes; they were like, had their hands in the air in disbelief. It was such a believable moment. Did you guys think Chewbacca was dead at that moment? Oh yeah, I got I got hot. Like I was like, 
Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. See, I got sad. I got really deep. Well, no, I was sad, but I was just like, oh, JJ, you don't do this to me. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard. This this is too early in the movie to lose Chewie if we're going to lose Chewie. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was, yeah. Yeah, that was was intense. But I got to tell you, the other moments, um, for whatever reason, when when Chewbacca found out that that General Leia had died, uh, Chewbacca's reaction was so so hard. It was so visceral. It was so real. It was so. And you know, props to Jonas, man. Holy smokes, yeah. did he rock Chewbacca in this movie? Um, but the range of acting that Jonas had in this movie, and especially in that scene, I mean, I was like, I teared up. I absolutely teared up the way that Chewbacca reacted to that. That was unbelievable. It was much harder to watch the second time than the first time because I, I think in that that moment they didn't give you a lot of time to just process it and let you watch. I thought that moment went pretty quick for him, yeah. but he did a great job of using the costume and his body language to portray the grief that he was feeling because we talk about it with the Mandalorian, right? You can't see his facial expressions with the helmet on his body has to tell the story. And I think when you see him fall to his knees and just absolutely break down and swat Poe's hand away, like right get away from me. Like I, I can't, I just have to be alone. I think he did a, a an outstanding job of, of portraying that moment with his body. Um, cause Chewie himself, we just see lumbering around most of the time. Um, uh, you know, with his body and you don't see him do a lot of stuff, but right. for him to like fall to his knees and wave his arms. And oh my God. Um, it was just, it was very gripping uh, when that yeah. happened. So I wailing, wailing in, in anguish. It was wild. Um, and of course the, the final big Chewbacca moment for me, um, which definitely the first and second viewing was, I teared up, man. And I, like, we just, Josh, we just talked about this. Okay, at the end when you know the the space battle's over, they totally you know there's all this stuff going on and there's all these characters everywhere and they're celebrating. Maz gives Chewbacca the damn medal. Gives Yavin. Chewbacca Gavin medal. I seriously that I don't know. I mean I know why it hit me, but that w- I had a definite tear in my eye when she gave him that medal. I was like, "Geez, dude! Like, it all it it was all the stuff that Chewbacca has been through over the course of being with this cast of characters. You know, Luke, Han, Leia. Every he's been by their side the whole time. Um, just a relentless fighter, always had their back. And for for him to finally get that medal, oh my god." Um, it hit me so hard. So anyways, um, those are my, that's, that's my top, you know, top takeaway right away. So what about, what about you guys? Well, let me, let me flip it and make it a little, let's, let's do something light now since you did something (laughs) so heavy. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I laughed every time C-3PO said something in this movie. He was hilarious from start to finish. Oh my gosh. I, I I can't like I can't there were so many funny things that he said that I can't even pinpoint. <laughs> I I love that scene in the very beginning where he's explaining the festival and they oh all look back goodness. at him because he's just talking and talking <laughs> and then he turns around to see if they're looking at something behind <laughs> <Right>. him. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. 
I like oh. when they fall down the pit and he says, uh, or he's like, you didn't say my name, but I'm okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, is this the afterlife? I don't know if droids are allowed here. <laughs> oh, and the Babu Frick is my oldest friend. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Every Babu Frick line is just uh-huh. the best, man. And yeah, hey. my, <laughs> my fiance and I keep doing the Babu Frick is my oldest. Oh, here's my oldest friend, Babu Frick, or whatever he says, you know, like that's just such a great line. Um, you're right. My man. first laser battle. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, man. Yeah, he definitely. I think the humor was spot on in this movie, and C3PO definitely stole the show, in my did opinion. You, did you like possessed 3PO? Yes. Yes. I loved it. Oh my god! His, again, talking about body language for a character. Yeah. When his lights turned on and he came back up, he was moving different than what he right. did as normal right. C3PO. And again, it told a story. Or it told yeah. a moment with how he was portraying it through his, his suit, through his uh, his uh, armor, not armor, his uh, costume there. Yeah, his uh, his voice though, how they modulated his voice was so creepy, and I yeah. was like, "This is what I wanted!" Like, this is so sweet, man. And that is such a cool little short scene. But that is Star Wars, man. That voice modulation, the creepy, like he's possessed. You know, he's reading the Sith language. Is I? Oh my god, that whole scene is fantastic. Babu yeah. Frick too made it all happen, man. Let's not forgive yeah, Babu. Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> um, do you think they should release a Babu Frick plushie to go along with the Yoda plushie that comes out on uh, May the fourth? I'm if they do, I'm in line. I'm, I might have to. He's pretty cute. The he Babu be small, yeah. Yeah. very small, but he should also be pull string. So when you pull Babu Frick's pull string, he gives one of his little lines. Or uh, hey, <laughs> so good. I, I thought it was interesting that he was like wearing not wearing a shirt. On a snowy planet. <laughs> <laughs> and he is so small. You figure he'd be yeah. like shivering or, you know, he's like a great. guy that's always hot all the time and wears shorts, even oh, though it's like yeah. minus 10 degrees out. He's got shovel like, in the driveway. Shorts. Yeah. <laughs> that's Papu. <laughs> so, Josh, what was your favorite C3PO line in this in this entire movie? Because there are a ton of great lines that 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 C3PO delivered. I um. I'd, I'd probably have to say, uh, Babu Frick, he's my oldest friend. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, that's where I'm at, too. That's where I'm at, too. I like uh, – there, there's also that moment towards the end where he's talking with R2. Like, he lost his memory, right? And he's he, – you know, he's he made a comment earlier in the movie about, oh, R2-D2's memory units aren't as reliable. And uh, – yeah, and he goes and he's like, "Don't you put? Don't you think I'm gonna let you put that thing in me?" And then the cutscene, like right, he's got his, you know, his little arm in C-3PO's head. It was classic humor. So, oh, that's great, man. Yeah, C-3PO stole it, man. So, Justin, the what only, about you? Oh, oh. yeah, go no, ahead. I was gonna say the only thing I don't miss, which was one, always one of my favorite things, was C-3PO um, cock blocking Han. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Like he even does it in Force Awakens when you, like you have this nice tender moment. Han and Leia see each other for the first time. You hear a little bit of Leia's theme, and then here's C three PO. Oh hi! You might not recognize me with my red arm. It's like <laughs> <Right>. oh perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, he dude. He's right, so great. Go ahead. So I, I great. Think, um, I think my favorite part about this was the introduction of uh, so many new vehicles and oh, characters okay. and costumes. So many new aliens, 
but yet also things that we were very, very familiar with too, the Y wings, the A wings, um, you know, older vehicles. I saw, you know, the ghost crew was in there a couple times on a couple of those shots. Um, yeah, I loved the vehicles. I loved the costumes, the, uh, the final order crew, the command crew that was on deck, the red and black. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, even the officer uniforms with the red, um, Stripe the red piping kind of coming into the middle and then going down. I thought those were great. And did you guys like the guest appearance from John Williams? As yeah, the yes. loved that. That was I, fun. And I didn't really catch it at first. I was like, is that him? Is that him? And then it was gone. I was like, well, crap, I missed it. And then yeah. when I watched the second time, I was like, yep, that's him. That's yeah. him. So, um, but so many, the space battle at the end just. Yeah. That's what I picture, and I said it before, that's what I picture my Star Wars to be, is just this epic battle in space of these ships just fighting and flying all over the place and uh, shooting each other. I, I loved the final order throwback ships to the old Imperials, but you know, with the giant cannon on the bottom. Um, I just oh, yeah. enjoyed that. I loved the vehicles. So uh, I did look for uh, the, um, what's the... Star Wars Resistance ship. Oh, uh, the Colossus? The, the Colossus. I yeah. did look for the Colossus. I did not see it unless it was the ship on the left as they're like leaving. There's the backside of a ship that leaves that's really, really tall. And yeah. I couldn't tell if that was it or not. But in the first frame, when you see all those ships, right. I was not about to go through all that and go, oh, look, there it is. It's that little speck over there in the lower left corner. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and you know what? Someone did actually do a high definition rip of that, and they did find the Colossus in there. So heavy yeah. resistance, spoiler alert. Uh, it's in, it's like, dude, it's so far tucked back. And you know that the digital designer was like, yeah, let me just whatever, you know. But you figure um, that might have had a more prominent part. I'm surprised it didn't. Um, and then, you know, Here's we can talk about some missteps um, later on here. But I, dude, I agree. That was seeing the Y Wing in action. And actually yeah. do some action was seriously cool. Um, love Poe Dameron's paint scheme on his X-Wing. And I love that Poe Dameron had R2-D2 riding with him. That was yeah. awesome. That was yep. super awesome. Speaking of ships, going to get off topic from the show notes here. Ray in Red 5. Oh, come yeah, on, that was awesome. With the oh helmet. my God, yes. with the helmet. Anyway, so I, sorry to get off on that little piece. Um, but yeah, I had a so nitpick that, about that, actually. No, <laughs> nitpicking already? What, well, are we, what are we doing here? So can you do hyperspace travel without an R2, without an astromech droid? Yeah, if you have the Wayfinder. Uh, I guess. I you mean, look. Yeah, but I, she got back wait, to hang the on. base, too. Dude, Kylo Ren navigated to Exegol with a TIE fighter, which does not have an, an astromech. So he yeah. just hooked up right to the Wayfinder. Boom, GPS. You put it in whatever language you want, dude. They probably got a British accent on that thing, and she's good to go. So you find your way right through all those uncharted space lanes with that Wayfinder. So, yeah, I think regardless, you know, let's not nitpick that one. I, on. I feel like I need a tally board. Here's Josh's <laughs> nitpick number one. Like, and they just mark them off as we go through. But no, I, I can see that. But yes, point. Tie fighters, Tie fighters don't have droids. They don't have astromechs. They don't do that. Like it's it's you you either you live or you die. There's right, no that's true. of your ship mid battle. So um, yeah, I, yeah, I could see that where if she doesn't have the droid, as long as she has the Sith Wayfinder, it can 
she can still jump to light speed. She can still do, I think, calculations in the ship. She just can't do any repairs without the astromech. So I don't know. Yeah, and I think the astromech is probably just like, um, you know, almost like an autopilot mode too. Um, but I think the wayfinder was is how you get around that that little loophole. So okay, uh, okay, if it okay. if it if it is even it a loophole, because uh, you know, I think that you know the wayfinder is is I mean it's obviously a Sith artifact that that has these coordinates on it and even R, i don't think r2d2 would have the ability to navigate through those those lanes to get to exegol so um fascinating fascinating um that's okay we can maybe dissect that a little bit later let's get the visual dictionary and see uh, where they stand on that um i will tell you my my other big moment was obviously this the solo family um, and I'm talking about the entirety of the solo family in this film. Um, I had a almost I'd like literally had an out of body experience when I heard Han's voice and, um, hey kid. Oh my God. That was a great way for him to come in too. Oh hey kid. That's a great God. Han line. That was perfect. Oh dude, guys. I, it was the only time in the movie that I like had to reach over for support. I was like, I reached over to my fiance. I had one of those moments where I just, I, I needed support because uh, Han Solo is definitely my favorite Star Wars character. And I, and I had a feeling they were going to bring him back for this movie. And I, and I had a feeling it was going to be in a scene very similar to this, but this scene was way better than I could have ever imagined. Um, it was the scene that turned Kylo Ren into Ben Solo with the assistance of of Leia's force energy. And, you know, I have just a very quick thought on on this whole scene and, and how we got this transition from Kylo Ren into Ben Solo and to the eventual death of Ben Solo. Um, by the way, Adam Driver is one of the most talented actors I've ever seen in my life because on that second watch, you see him turn from Kylo Ren into Ben Solo just through his face, through his body language. It is an incredible piece of work by Adam Driver. Um, and I definitely encourage anyone to watch that transition. Watch him. Watch how he acts through that scene and then beyond. It is absolutely chilling how he does that. But anyway, so Leia possesses Kylo Ren using her force energy. She knows that there's this pivotal moment coming up. You know, she senses it. She she puts all of her energy into Kylo Ren. And what that does, in my opinion, is it forces Kylo Ren to have this memory of his biggest, like the the biggest guilt that he has, which is killing his father. He couldn't pull the trigger on his mom in Last Jedi, but he was able to kill his father, and that still haunts him. He, he you know, and he talks, even repeats a line. I don't know if I have the strength to do this. That's what he told Han Solo before he killed him, and he repeats this phrase. He doesn't know if he has the strength to become good again. But Leia's there. Leia possesses puts her energy into Ben Solo. So he has this moment with Han that reverses course. And then now he's Ben Solo. And then, you know, we see this whole thing. Watch again, Adam Driver, how he, how he acts on the scenes in Exegol. It is chaotic energy, very similar to the way Harrison Ford portrayed Han Solo. Line those two up. Watch how Han Solo plays, or Harrison Ford, watch how he plays Han Solo. Watch how Adam Driver plays Ben Solo. And you get that chaotic Han Solo family energy, right? Like, he can definitely tell he's Han's son. And, um, you know, you, we go on, we have the battle with the Emperor, Ray, et cetera, et cetera. When Ben eventually dies, 
he he becomes one with the force and he disappears. And at the same moment, Leia also disappears. And to me, that was a symbol that she was one with Ben and she was still giving her force essence to make sure that Ben Solo had the energy and, and that energy, that life form. You had Leia inside of Ben Solo. Ben Solo gives his life force to Rey and now Rey is resurrected with the essence, this, the, the, the force energy of the Skywalker family via Ben Solo, Leia. It's this whole deep thing, man. I'm like, just the more I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, she is a Skywalker now. She was resurrected with the Solo life force, which was Leia inhabiting her son, Ben. Oh, dude, it's like all this crazy stuff coming. Anyways. It's a very interesting connection. I hadn't thought about it like that. Like, how are you yeah. talking about transferring the life force? It's a very interesting take on that. Yeah. Well, wasn't it that. wasn't it strange on the first viewing that Leia still had a body and then they both disappeared at the same time? And that was kind of like, wait, why did that? Oh, my God. You know, so it kind of just clicked in my head. Um, and I hope that's what they were aiming for. But if not, I still think it's a beautiful thought in my brain. Um, so I'll enjoy that. And see, and I didn't get quite to that point, like where she, that's why she didn't fade away. I just looked at it as things were still at unrest until – then finished what was happening. She was already passed, but had not, you know, transformed into Force Ghost yet because the task at hand had not been completed. So, like, her body was still not at rest. That's but okay. it comes about about the same thing, right? I just didn't yeah. think Ben Solo was possessed by Leia at the time, but if I, I could certainly see that uh, that take on it too, I can see either way. So, yeah, okay. Josh, what would you what do you think about the Han scene? I I loved it. Han Solo is also my favorite character. <laughs> it's probably a popular opinion. No, he's uh, my favorite character. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I and I just I was floored because I didn't expect him to be in this movie. You know, we we know that Harrison Ford is a he's a noted Star Wars curmudgeon. And I can't yes. imagine how much money it cost Disney to get him to come back for Force Awakens. So when they killed him, I was like, oh, that's why he was acting so, uh, like, he was so happy on the press tour. Because he knew it was coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, and so I, I just, just, I say all that just to say I never expected to see Han Solo again. And I, I started, I started crying the moment I heard Hey Kid. Yeah, yeah, man. So, I loved how it ended, yeah. though. Where he, he looks oh, yeah. at him and says, Dad, and he goes, oh, I know. And he just turns. Yeah. Oh. I, that was the that was the perfect way to end oh, it. You guys are killing good. me right now. Oh, it's so awesome. You so got awesome. onions over there, Chris? Uh, well, almost. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely got goosebumps for sure. Um, so, okay, I'm, I'm happy you got to enjoy that scene uh, as much as I did. So that's, that's great. Um, Justin, who's your hero? Oh, Babu Frick, by far. <laughs> he is the real hero of the Resistance. Because let's be honest, if he didn't hack 3PO, they wouldn't have had the code, which wouldn't have let him there. You know, would have been an end of story. But he's, he's the real hero. His lines were great. Because he doesn't really speak any basic, but every once in a while he gets like, <laughs> I don't even, what do you say? Droid brain gone or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like his yeah. Like his brain is wiped. Um, but I love right before... Babu's about to like, you know, pull the wires or flip the wires. Three PO goes, "Oh, I have another idea of how we can." And then he just yep, yep. he cuts him off. He's like, 
oh, that sucks. <laughs> like, oh. well, we're going to So, um, but then, uh, you know, at the end, uh, you know, Poe Dameron's like, hey, uh, I know that voice, and it's Zori flying in on her ship. Yeah, yeah. She says something, and then Babu just pops up and goes, hey, hey! It's like, <laughs> like, I'm here to save the day. I can't yeah. fly a ship, but I'm here. Dude, like, that he, was... He was great. Everything Babu was in was gold. I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, that you're right. The, sh- the scene with Zori in the ship was like, that was just the icing on the cake, dude. That was so perfect at that moment. It almost reminded me of the Porg scene in uh, Last Jedi, where Chewie's flying the Falcon and the Porg squishes up against the window, you know, like one of those scenes. But Babu is, is yeah, legend. He was, he was very comedic. He was obviously a comedic character, but it wasn't over the top trying for the jokes like, Jar Jar was right. You couldn't even understand any lines he said other than three or four words. Um, But just how they portrayed him was, was fantastic. And the other character that I didn't put in my notes, Dio. Oh yeah. Dio talked. No, that was a nice surprise. That like is a little rolling droid. That's kind of a astromech or something that talked and hit, you know, she holds her hand out. He's like, no, no, thank you. And like, yeah, a little stutter in his voice. Um, I, I thought Dio was actually a pretty interesting droid too. So I was pleasantly surprised with the voice who it Dio's voiced by JJ Abrams. And, uh, I did like that little stutter, the, the human speech did, you just didn't expect it. I thought the Dio was just going to be beeps and whistles. So that was a fun yeah. little, fun little touch that added, uh, added that human element to the, to the droid. Um, fascinating to see if we, if we come across any Dio cartoons on Disney plus in the upcoming year, I think that uh, we might, we might get a droids cartoon, a reboot of the droids cartoon on Disney plus deals. Yeah. He's fun, man. All right. The elephant in the room for me. And I know that this is probably going to be a point of contention with, with our good friend, Kyle <laughs> is the Luke Skywalker retcon uh, in this movie. And what I mean by that is Luke Skywalker retcon in, Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi. Um, one of the biggest critiques of The Last Jedi was Luke's character arc in in that movie. And I'm just going to straight up say it. It was a double middle finger to the portrayal of Luke in The Last Jedi. I mean, literally took every single piece of Luke Skywalker from The Last Jedi and flipped it on its head. Um, now... Does it still work with The Last Jedi? Yes, it still works The Last Jedi. However, it it sews up a lot of the maybe um I don't know. I don't I don't have the I, I don't want to misspeak because I don't want to upset Twitter. Um I will say that th- this Luke Skywalker and the Rise of Skywalker is exactly what I wanted, um, is exactly what I needed and delivered everything that needed to happen for the story to progress. Um, And you can just tell that Mark Hamill was absolutely excited, over-the-moon positive to deliver those lines. His little cheeky smile at the end, everything about it was just like, dude, dude loved what he was doing in this movie. I, I think it works both ways because I think if you're someone that doesn't like his arc from Last Jedi, it can feel it, the way that it's he's portrayed can totally feel like you're being vindicated and they're changing it. But at the same time, I feel like part of his story was figuring out. Like I feel like he figured out he was wrong. 
before yes. the end of that movie. Yes. Because yes. that's, you know, when he force projects himself to confront Kylo. So I, I feel like I feel like this is one of those things where we talked about this movie uniting the fan base. I feel like I feel like his arc in this works both ways. I feel like it it, it can depending on your perspective. I feel like like for you, it's a retcon. For me, I can see why you say that, but I feel like it also fits perfectly with what they've already done too. Yeah, and and from a certain point of view, yes, I see exactly what you're saying. But you made some good points there. Um, I, yes, is it is it a retcon? Yes and no, but that's what I said. It, it still works. The Last Jedi, um, but I think that just the general fan base, the general vocal fan base, is going to look at this as like, oh, J.J. Abrams didn't like what Ryan Johnson did, so he's just going to rewrite this entire scene. Um, I, I, all I know is that from purely Star Wars, just just watching Star Wars, just being just in the moment watching that movie to see Luke Skywalker rise the or just kind of raise the X-wing up as Yoda did. Um, was a moment that I just totally just loved. I just loved it, and it needed to happen. And the fact that he gave his X-Wing over to Ray, that would just made me so uh, happy as a Star Wars fan. It was the moment I needed um, everything about it. You know, Ray's going through this, you know, crisis. She set her TIE fighter on fire. Luke went through his crisis. The tree's on fire. The Jedi Master's talking to the apprentice or whatever, you know, like, it's just like, it was definitely an homage to the Last Jedi, but it, it made more sense um, for me uh, to carry forward. So, anyways, that was my other favorite scene in this movie was that was the whole Luke Skywalker scene. I just absolutely loved it, and it, you know, it, I think it needed to happen. Um, so, my my last like for the for this episode is that the te- in this movie the team the three main characters are together most of the movie. And it and it makes it feel well. One, it's what I feel like was missing from the last movie. They were separated a lot of the time, uh, basically the whole movie. And not only like these characters and actors have really good chemistry together. I feel like the three of them work together really well. But also, it just makes it feel like the original trilogy more because you had that same vibe with Han, Luke, and Leia. Without the romance, obviously, but yeah. you know. Well, and that's so, what I—that's what I liked about TFA was they were more together, and, and that story was more like an original trilogy story. It was—I mean, people would sit there and say it was essentially the first. It was a new hope. It was a repeat of a new right. hope, and I get that. But it's with the new cast of characters. They're very different than those original characters. Um, and that's what I loved about Force Awakens. And I feel like I got a little bit more of that in this movie because they were together, Josh, to your point, than what I did in The Last Jedi, where they're all separate doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And it was very disconjointed. And, and one of the things that um, I have in my notes here was story discontinuity as far as a dislike. I, I think it would be it would be very interesting to see or hear what J.J. would have done over the course of the three movies or how he would have told that story over with an extra movie in there to, to go different directions or have that extra time for those characters, whereas Rian went a, a different direction, right, and that most people, it divided a lot of people, whereas in the third movie, I think J.J. was like, all right, I got to do a lot to fix this and try to, like, 
repatch my original story back together. So for me, that that discontinuity, I think, would have been interesting to see if that would have changed if JJ had done all three. Yeah, and and I got to tell you what, man, this the the big three in this movie. I feel I feel kind of robbed that we didn't get to have them together in the Last Jedi because the chemistry among the actors, let alone the characters, is just you can feel it through the screen and the way that Oscar Isaac interacts with John Boyega and how that you know Daisy's kind of like the peacemaker and it's just they're so great together. I want more Finn and Poe like desperately. I want to see them go on a side mission. I want to see the three of them go on a side mission. This is. At least they went out on a high note. At least these characters went out on a high note and had one last final adventure. Yeah, I I don't know. I think they. I think it's their series, like right. Like the Force Awakens is like, or excuse me, the last sequel movies are their series, and that's it's with the assistance of Luke and Han and Leia and the original trilogy characters. Um, it, it shouldn't have been mainly focused on those characters. I in. One through six is really the story of Anakin Skywalker, but I think seven, seven, eight, nine could have gone. This is the legacy from that original six, and then you could have built yeah. on that. So it was hard, I think, to get it back on track to to what what that story was that JJ was going to do. I'm kind of pissed that they closed the, the the Skywalker saga out because I want to see more adventures from this team. I think the team's great. Um, so yeah, no, I, I get you though. I, I definitely think, um, you know, there, there's definitely something lacking from the last Jedi to this movie and you can see the connection between force awakens and, and this one, but, um, there's a lot of things we still have to cover. Um, and I'm happy we kind of ripped through three things that we each love. Um, Mm -hmm. but let's just, let's quickly walk through some things that we maybe didn't like. Let's, let's play some devil's advocate here. Um, you know, the couple things for me. The Lando Jana scene at the end where there's no context as to why he wants to find out where she's from. Uh, I learned just in the last few days that there was actually a scene filmed where Lando talks about his his child was stolen by the First Order. He kind of, you know, he he stayed on Pasana after the Luke mission failed to basically heal himself, you know, from that. Um, and we didn't get that dialogue in the movie. There was a mention by Zori bliss, how the first order was stealing children on Kajimi. But you know, if you're a casual fan, how do you, how do you put two and two together with that? Um, but the Lando and Janicene definitely was, didn't work for me at all. Um, just to, to piggyback on the scene you were talking about, that scene is either still going to be in the novelization or it's in the visual dictionary. Oh, I can't remember, point. but I read online that, yeah, they're, they're pointing towards them being related. Okay. And, the we, other- we, and we talk about that, though, right? Like the stuff that they put in the books or in the comics or something like that that connects the movies. For the casual fan that only watches the Star Wars movies, it's hard for them to go, I don't understand. When did when did Lando have a kid, right? Unless they read those right. books, they don't get all that information. We read it just because it's we're, we're that passionate about it. But casual Star Wars fans that just love the movies or younger fans, they don't read all that kind of stuff. So to put it in a movie and kind of go, oh, yeah, he's let's go help her find where she's from or who, who had her, it, right. it was very disconnected from the rest of the movie. And it's weird with a two hour and 21 minute runtime, you think they could have just given another 40 seconds to a minute of Lando speaking inside the tank tread. I mean, I don't think that would have taken away from the movie. Uh, But anyway, the other thing that didn't 
work for me was the it, it on Exegol, which which is you know what's funny, guys. Um, kind of, I had another theory come true, but it didn't outright say it. Um, Exegol technically is world between worlds and it comes out in the visual dictionary. So, um, I'm not going to divulge any further until I pick up my copy and read through it. But Exegol is technically world between worlds. However, my only gripe with Exegol and the beautiful, beautiful, um, scene setting that they have in Exegol, the beautiful, um, palace that the emperor resides in, um, was when they got to his throne room it's just like this massive arena rock concert, right? Like, and you just have all these like mm-hmm. Sith, like, I don't even know what's going on. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, are these, is it supposed to be like a, a human? Is this like a cult follower? Like what is going on? They never showed them clearly. You just saw like a weird black hood. Um, was it a projection of the emperor? Um, or was it really the Sith? acolytes or the Sith followers, um, that were in this arena. But I also, I thought at the end of that scene, when it starts to crumble, that they just turned into dust and I could be totally wrong. Um, I, even on the second viewing, I was like, I just didn't get a good idea of what those things were in this sold out emperor, you know, arena rock boat rock, uh, concert, grandpa rock, grandpa Palpatine rock concert. And, uh, <laughs> You know, I didn't understand the acolytes and they didn't really play a part in it. And then, you know, there was that one cut scene where there's no like there's no imp- royal there. He's not royal anymore. He doesn't have imperial guard. But, you know, what I'm talking about they had those guardsmen that kind of just appeared out of nowhere. And I'm just wondering, is I'm, I'm like, dude, is this a are these like projections of the force? Like, how did they get there? What's the point of the Knights of Ren? I still don't. Like that was annoying. I guess I didn't realize I had another dislike. Um, but the Knights of Ren totally annoyed me in this movie. They, they were they were pointless other than trackers oh in this my movie. That's all they God. did was follow them around the entire time. So um, pointless. And, and they're they're cool outfits, but they really didn't do anything. And I thought they were at the Jedi Temple training with Kylo Ren and Luke to be Jedi. That wasn't exactly. that where they came from? Like that's so the story I wrote. They have force powers. Shouldn't like? Did they not get to build their own saber? Did they <laughs> right, not make dude. it to that level? And Ben was just light years ahead of them, or what? But how- that's what I thought. Like he dispatched him. Pretty. I mean, he he was getting his butt kicked until he got a lightsaber. Right. To be honest. But once he got a lightsaber, they had no force powers. Nothing. They didn't do anything to him. Exactly. So, and, and, were, and how and how do you put? How do you put Inquisitors into the Star Wars universe and have it in fallen order right you know right before the movie comes out so the the hopefully the general fan base can learn what an Inquisitor is but then you yes you get these dumpy Knights of Ren that just like no very poor hand to hand combat um just stood around while Ben Solo was in his force projection didn't do anything uh, dude I am I mentioned it on the Hype of Skywalker show. I might have a personal grudge against the Knights of Ren uh, because my treatments never got used in the storytelling of them. Um, but my goodness, they were just absolutely useless in this film. They have to have some type of force powers. They're on Exegol, right? Like they're in his palace. They're walking through the caverns and, you know, oh, whatever. Dude, I'm done. What about you guys? <laughs> um, so I, I'm i going to do mine backwards. I have them written. Um Actually, no, I'm not. 
so the biggest thing that I had a problem with, and I didn't actually think about this on the first watching, but it c- kind of became apparent to me on the second watching. Uh, you know, so Ben has this grand journey. He he turns back to the light, but everyone that matters to him for the most part is dead. No one sees his redemption except Ray. Right. And then he dies to save her. And then no one mourns him. She, I don't even, it doesn't even seem like she really mourns him. He just disappears. And then we're on to the next scene. Um, you know, there are a couple people left who know him. Um, and I th- and I think it may, it's an unsatisfying end for the character. And I, and I wish that, I, f- I feel like it's an easy fix. The, the the fix is put in a 30-second scene of her telling Chewie that he was saved. Or Chewie and Lando, because they obviously probably knew him when he was a kid. You know, pounding around with his dad. And then have him be a force ghost with his mom and his uncle at the end when she takes the name. He disappeared. Should he not be a force ghost? I don't know. Okay, so I'm my really quick heated thing on this is I I will agree that there I I thought that there was a misstep not including um, Ben and Anakin at the final scene with the Force Ghost. However, uh, the more I thought about it, it's it's whatever she was burying there, like Luke and Leia's sabers there. Um, but I agree. First watch, I go, wait, why isn't Ben and, and Anakin there? That doesn't make any sense. But here's the thing, man. Like I, I talked about this on our hype show. Who is who is gonna who in whose eyes is Kylo Ren being redeemed? Now, everyone knew Ben Solo when he was a boy, but then he turned into Kylo Ren, a murderous, you know, uh, maniac that controlled uh, First Order, which is the most evil organization in the galaxy. Stole children, killed worlds, Star Killer base, had you know whatever. That's who everyone knows is Kylo Ren. Like that's Kylo Ren. It's not Ben Solo. Ben Solo had his transformation in a private moment with. Han Solo's ghost was uh, taken over by Leia and then immediately went to go help Ray. Right. Like, I don't think Kylo Ren's on a publicity tour saying like, hey, I'm redeemed. Everybody look at me. I'm the good guy now. Right. So like this is a private, intimate moment. And I'll give it to you that. Yes, I think there probably should have been some type of dialogue that Ray has. And maybe that's a cut scene and maybe it was filmed. But the the greater galaxy was is probably gonna be happy to see Kylo Ren gone. And that's a story, the legend of Ben Solo, right? That might come out where Ray does in her journeys going forward, talks about Ben Solo, but let's not forget, she has Ben Solo's life essence in her. So she is one with Ben Solo now. So she might not have to mourn Ben because they're one together. Um, whatever. That's just a thought. Well, and that's why I said Chewie, because I think Chewie would, Chewie's basically like his uncle, right? Like, yeah. You, Mm-hmm. Bro- I mean, him and Han are literally brothers from another mother. L- Wookiee life dead. True. True. You know, oh. known Ben his whole life. I feel like it, w- it, it. I agree with you. He's he's basically he's not space Hitler because space Hitler is Palpatine, but he's like <laughs> yeah yeah space Goebbels maybe like uh, <laughs> space Stalin or oh, something. He's up there. He's up there. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think it would have meant something to Chewie. Um, and I don't. I, I can see why you wouldn't put Anakin at the end because Anakin didn't know her, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it, it would have been an easy thing for them to do. So, yeah, we'll see what comes out. And once again, the novelization may have that moment. 
definitely. Um, but how much are you going to put Chewie through in this movie, man? <laughs> it's really a happy gonna, thing. You, you're really going to throw it on him? That Ben Solo's dead? Chewie, but, you just got the medal, ben but, Solo but remember again. Baby Ben? Baby Ben just got murdered. No, I don't know. Like, How much are you going to throw on that poor Wookiee? There's this really cute webcomic that came out after The Force Awakens where it shows um, it shows Be- or it shows Kylo stabbing Han and then it shows Chewie like looking through his bowcaster at Ben's face and then having a memory of Ben as a kid and shooting oh. him in like the shoulder instead of the face oh, because he felt dude. bad. It's yeah, brutal. But that is brutal. Cute. Dang, that's rough. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's still me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Timelines. So I feel like the you know space travel is much faster now than it used to be, and that's disconcerting a little be. bit. has to be. I, I understand, but uh, there's a really easy thing that I feel like you can do to make it not seem so fast while it's still fast for the movie's sake. Don't tell us that this is all happening in 16 hours. Stop with the time frames. Yes. Agreed. yes. How are you? Stop no. with it. You're telling me to stop complaining or them to stop? No, no. They need to stop putting the time frames in the movie. Yeah, okay. Please. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're telling me that Lan- Lando and, and oh my uh, Chewie God. got thousands of ships to amass in less than a day and got back to Exegol in less than a day. Like, <laughs> give me a break. So, I'm trying to suspend my disbelief for, on this movie and you're breaking you're breaking it apart. You're you're po- you know, uh you're so spot on with that, dude. It is well, it's just like all they have all they have to do is not say in 16 hours. Just don't say that. Just don't say it. Fine. Cuz then I look soon. at the pay- then I look at it as a pacing thing, and well, we don't know actually exactly how much time has passed during this right, battle because right. it's a movie. But when yeah. you say it's been sixteen hours, then it's like it's the same thing they did in Last Jedi. Oh, yep. we only have twelve hours exactly. of fuel. Exactly. Ah. Yes. Stop with the time frames. Yep. Stop. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Okay, that's fair. I'll, and I'll then definitely. I'm not going to say my last one because uh, Justin and I are on the same page, so I'll let him do that. Oh, one. <laughs> what's that about? Well, so I had I already talked about one of my dislikes, which was kind of the story discontinuity between J.J. Abrams and Rian Johnson and J.J. Abrams again. But I had one more like on there, and I'm going to touch on that before oh, I get right. into that's that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. So the Sabres. I loved all of the fight scenes. The fight scenes I thought were choreographed great, um, but I loved uh, Leia's saber. I thought that was a beautiful saber. Um, it, I don't even, it, I couldn't tell the color in the movie. It looked like a maroonish kind of hue on those, uh, the round parts, but the hilt was, was a beautiful hilt. Yes. Um, and I can't wait to see what people start churning out as far as replicas for that. Um, but, uh, Ray's lightsaber color at oh the end, God, the thank yellow, you. Thank loved, you. loved the yellow because the yellow, you know, just like the Jedi temple guards are the protectorates of the knowledge they're the protectors of um knowledge in the temple and of the jedi it, it, they've it's interesting though because i posted a video on my my facebook page um about the different colors of lightsabers and what when they were used and who used them um but the yellow was very interesting because they summarize and i don't totally agree with it but the the jedi temple guards kind of cut themselves off from the force to a certain extent, right? Uh, they are not as well versed in the knowledge and how to use the force as maybe some others are, um, you know, with foresight or 
maybe healing or something like that. But they focus heavily on fighting and protecting and, and knowledge of history. Good call. Yeah. That. So I thought it was kind of interesting that she took off that. Uh, she had that yellow lightsaber because that, that's what that signifies to me. I um, love that. But she also has apparently a very, a very well-versed knowledge of the Force at this point, considering she can heal people. Yes. Uh, she knows push. She knows pull. She has force lightning. <laughs> she is by far probably the strongest Jedi we have ever seen because not even Yoda could do force lightning. Um, Dooku could. Um, oh, well, he, you're on to something there. It's very interesting because she, she just has everything. So I loved, loved the saber color that went with her profile. So I, I agree. The saber color was my – that like – if I if it wasn't spoiled for me on the internet before the movie, it would have been probably my favorite point. Yeah, I didn't. In the movie. I didn't get spoiled, so I was super excited. With oh that. my god, the I yellow saber is beautiful. The rotating switch. Yes, the, yes, that was fantastic. But but you were on to something with with her force abilities. Okay, let's not forget she is Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter, one of the most powerful force users in, in all of known history. Um, but you you mentioned the lightning. Okay, yes, she has the Jedi books, and she's going through them. She's learning. She has General Leia as her as her master. Um, let's let's talk about the Sith lightning real quick. I, well, I just said it. It's Sith lightning. It's not Jedi lightning. There's a reason why Yoda didn't do it. There's a reason why he couldn't combat it. There's a reason why Luke Skywalker never did it. There's a reason why, you know, a- Anakin Skywalker, Mace Windu, whoever. Insert Jedi here. It's not a Jedi power. Rey was so easy to turn to the dark side, and that's why Luke Skywalker was so afraid of it, because she has that Palpatine blood. That That is an ability that she did not know she had, and you can tell by her reaction to what happened that right. she didn't even know what she was doing at that moment. It was just that it was just that in-the-moment emotion that she forced her to have anger. it. She channeled yes. the anger over exactly. Kylo and blew the ship up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my takeaway on the Sith Lightning, and that's why you never see a Jedi do it because she obviously is who she is. And it, it would be fascinating to see if they carry that story on at all, which – it's the end of the Skywalker saga. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> we'll never get to see if Ray ever uses lightning again. <sighs> Damn, you know. But it's it, it's it definitely um, it's definitely interesting. Ray was just so fantastic in this. Um. So actually, in the books, it's in the novelization. Um. I read this online. Actually, her her yellow saber is because she did the deluxe pre-order for Jedi Fallen Order, so that's how she got the yellow saber. Uh. Hey, I, but I have a question for you guys. Would you say that Sith lightning is a ability that some consider to be unnatural? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, I would. Yes, I, I would. Jokes and, tonight. I got all the dude, jokes. And I, I would say they can. <laughs> looking at like Yoda in Attack of the Clones, they can defend against it. They just don't have. They can't reproduce it. There's no attack that they have essentially right. equivalent to that because Yoda, you know takes it, absorbs it into a little ball, and then just sucks it into his life energy. And he's like, oh, okay, problem right. solved. Um, but I, I loved the fight scenes. I thought the fight scene, the the scene on the Death Star, the fight scene on the Death Star between Kylo and Rey yeah. was very reminiscent of early, like the original trilogy fight scenes to me, where it's two-handed, oh, yeah. just 
hard hitting. There's not a bunch of uh, swivels and around the back moves and acrobatic feats. It's it's them putting their energy and uh, all of their heart and soul into that just clashing. And you could tell Ray towards the end, she's getting tired. Yes. Like she's just getting worn down um, from just trying to wail on him. But I loved the simplicity of that fight scene and how it kind of called back to, Hey, when you looked at Obi-Wan and Darth fighting, it wasn't so much of, yeah, they're old, but it was also, I think mentally exhausting for both of them in that fight. So it was more of just a basic sword yeah. fight, not a, the acrobatics that you saw when they were younger in Revenge of the Sith. Right, but but in a, that is a beautiful takeaway. I will say that there w- there was a nod to the prequel era Force abilities where they did those massive Jedi leaps, right? Like Ray yeah. did that massive leap, and we, you know, as far as the battle, the sword, the 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 laser sword. The laser sword battle um, goes, it was definitely, I mean, it was a brutal, brutal battle. And they're in this harsh environment and it's just they're getting hit with waves. And it's just, you probably have some dark side energy from being on the Death Star 2 remnants. But yeah, you do get that nod of you best of both worlds. You get the old school and then you get the new school with those, with those massive leaps. And I thought those scenes were just beautiful. Oh, yeah. what a great scene. It was a nice middle ground between the slow and steady of the of the original trilogy when George told them that they were heavy and um, like real swords and and then the crazy flippy <laughs> spinny stuff of the prequels. It was an it was a nice in between. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I thought. And I loved the Cave of Evil on the Death Star yes. where the Sith Wayfinder was. I don't have that in my notes, but the the little oh. Cave of Evil in the Death Star was too fantastic. short. Yeah. That scene was yes. too short. Yes, it was too short, but I, I, I like how they did it, and I like how it was still this very uh, evil presence, and it was still looming there, and it's just trapped on this ship, and uh, you know, little uh, Palpat- young Palpatine has got his little cave of evil on his oh, ship yeah. with school. Um, my dislikes, so uh, to what Josh was kind of alluding to, is some of the dialogue seemed a little bit clunky in the movie. So there's a scene... Um, early in the movie where Leia tells, I think it was Leia tells Ray, never underestimate a droid. And then oh, they end yeah. up on yeah. the planet during the celebration and they're trying to outrun the first order on the tread speeders and BB eight's beeping at her. And he's like pointing to the canister. And she turns around and says, not now BB eight. You know, she's clearly like, Hey, I don't want to listen to you. I'm trying to get away from these guys. He starts tapping on the canister. Yeah. And it launches yeah. Up. She she turns around, she blasts the tread speeder in the bottom, blows it up, and then she says, never underestimate a droid. And I'm like, but you did just underestimate a droid because you told him you didn't want to listen to him. And I I think for me, if she had said it in a different way, it could have still worked. But the way that, to me, it came off was kind of like, you're taking a Leia teaching, but you clearly didn't mind it in that moment. It was only after the fact that you were like, oh, okay, yeah, he is helpful. I think if she maybe had said, <laughs> Leia was right, never underestimate a droid, I, I would have maybe Oh, bought it. okay, she yeah. Just like, she clearly was like, no, I don't want to listen to you. And then he does, does his own thing. And she's like, oh, yeah, never underestimate a droid, but you just did. And then a little bit later on, um, you get to the scene where Poe and Ray and Finn and 3PO are all in the room with Babu, right? And 3PO is is reciting the Sith 
uh, dialogue that was on the dagger. And he says, um, the very last thing he says, only the blade shows the way. Only the blade shows the way. And he says it twice. And so everybody hears him say this. So you clearly know we have to have the blade. If you don't have the blade, you can't get there. You can't find what you're looking for. And then when they realize Chewie is still alive, he's on the ship, uh, they go up. And at one point, Ray goes, I have to go. She's like, the, the, uh, the blade is here. I have to go get it. And Finn looks at her and goes, why? And she's like, we need it. And I'm like, but you already established that you need the blade by what 3PO said twice in the room. So I don't understand. Like, was Finn not paying attention when the right. droid is reciting creepy language? Or I guess I missed that part. And I'm like, so it felt like a little redundant to reiterate the point that you have to get the blade. He could have just simply said, okay. Right. Like, and moved on. Like, hey, the blade is here. I have to go get it. Okay, I understand. We'll go get Chewie. You go get the blade. Would have been done. But he said, why? And I just thought it was an odd choice of words. Hmm. And Josh, I think, brought up uh, some dialogue uh, from Zori uh, and Poe in, in there. So I'll let him expand <laughs> on that a little bit. Oh, no, it was when it was when. Um, oh, the coin. When, um, well, yeah, the, the, the coin. The common well, emblem. The, no, the, the, the coin where she's like, here's my only way off the planet. And then, like thirty seconds later, she's like, "You take it." Even oh, though I didn't, yeah. Yeah. I was pissed at you five minutes it was about ago. About to blow you in the head. Yeah. But but the the thing, like whatever, that's a it's a MacGuffin. But the like the other the the piece with her that that I thought was really weird was the whole like when Ray got her on the ground after they. And she's like, "Not that you care, but I think you're okay." And I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> yeah, like like she whipped she she basically destroyed them all with her with their staff. And they're all laying on the ground, and that's that's when she says that. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I care. I was like, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. But it yeah, was I, a goofy line. Yeah. But they they did have. I mean, there were some clear gems in there too. Like we we said with Han and and Ben, you know, uh, Hey Kid and yep. Dad, and he yep. says, I know that that oh. little section I thought was fantastic. Um, Lando. Doing the oh, yes. bad feeling about this. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, yes. I love. Yeah. Yes. Um, I thought that was great. There were some some line. You know, most of it was pretty good. There was just some chunky sections of dialogue that I thought was a little bit odd. Um, but my my biggest, I think, probably my biggest dislike was no Hera, not even a hey, General Sindula. Please report to blah blah blah. None of that. Um, you could see the ghost. Um, a couple times, but there was none of that. Um, Ahsoka, you got to hear her voice. Um, I was really hoping we'd get to see something. Um, no Shiv or right. um, none of the characters from any of the stuff that they have been producing for the last couple of years that are still alive. They're still right. out there as part of this. No Kaz, no Niku. Uh, right. Nobody from anything else is in this movie. Not a, a visual nod. Like you can't tell me you couldn't have recreated Shiv, not giving right. him any speaking, just have him standing in the background in that scene That's it. where That's all, all trying to do the plant. Like just give me Shiv standing there, or um, it, any one of them. Uh, Dexter Jetster, put him in the back there if he's <laughs> still my dude. I don't care. Like, give me more of these characters that you have created over the last God. I don't even know how long yeah. uh, since Disney reset the canon and right. put out these books and movies and TV shows. Um, 
young adult novels, comics. Give me some of these characters. And I got none of that. I got none. Yeah. And so I agree. That is also, I should have put that in my dislikes. Um, It's, it's not hard to do. It's not hard to put them in the background. It's also JJ Abrams. You know, he, he has an allergy to Twi'leks. He has an allergy to Rodians. He has an allergy to hammerheads, Ithorians. You know, he has an allergy to all these well-known species. Whereas the Mandalorian obviously is paying homage to all the, the known species of the star Wars galaxy. He introduced us to Claude, which was basically a, a, a worthless, you know, character. Could it, it, whatever. If you're a Claude fan, sorry. Uh, but you're right, dude. Um, you're so right about this. And I, I was so hoping to see anyone in these in these massive celebration scenes, um, any you know, on-screen representation. Is it Chopper? Is it going to be, um, you know, we got like a brief Nia Numb. We got a brief Wedge Antilles. And Wedge wasn't even with Nora Wexley, which totally throws off the Resistance Reborn novelization, oh, which was that's the your Skywalker. Point. Okay. Dude, there is... There is a there is a weird imbalance of known characters in this movie um, as as background characters right now is that because they couldn't link up with the Lucasfilm story group and they couldn't figure out how to make their characters appear at that moment I don't know we saw the ghost on screen dude you're telling me you couldn't put Jason Sandula and Chopper on screen you couldn't put these you're you're so spot on with this and I, I thought the same thing I spent so much time looking in the background for things I knew um I I caught five glimpses of the ghost in the entire movie I caught five scenes the ghost is landing on the planet at the end the jungle planet um so yeah, you're right, Justin. Spot and I, on. And before Josh gets into his point, I, I think that I, I want to see these these characters. And again, I don't need to see them. Like even if you gave me, you know, Jason Sandula checking in or something like that, it would have been okay. Right. Um, it's just, and, and you, I think you can do that in a way where you still keep the story about your main characters, Finn and Ray and Poe, right? And interject them into the background like they did. I mean, you know. Uh, a new hope you had all these x-wings checking in and i think you could have easily done that not uh, you know maybe in the beginning when they first get there because clearly there was a lot of different ships leaving initially before the other ships the backup the cavalry arrived right you could have easily done that with some of those ships and and they just right. didn't didn't even tackle it didn't even touch it you're right big big misstep big misstep for sure i think this is probably this is definitely a discussion for another time but I feel like the story group doesn't have enough of a grip on the story. And I think they let directors do a little bit too much of what they want, which is what has happened in the last two movies. Um, and I don't I don't understand why they wouldn't like say, no, you can't do that because it doesn't fit with what's already happened. Like I thought uh, Poe has been with the Republic Navy his whole career, and then uh, went to the Resistance. Hang on. And now he's a drug smuggler too. Like, no, when did that happen? No, listen. He was undercover. He was undercover. I, I as a human, an adult male on Earth, have some things in my past that I may or may not be super happy with. Right? Um, you got to think the dude grew up in the Rebellion. Right? That's the that's the story we know. He grew up in the Rebellion and turned out to be a Resistance fighter. You know, when you become a teenager and you are used to being a rogue riding in X-Wings forever and you need to make some money, um, you might need to 
run spice i mean han solo was a smuggler for the worst people in the galaxy and he's our favorite character i don't think it damages poe at all or his credibility no, i don't either but i think it shows that there's not as much um respect for the established story is all it, and it, respect it, for the things that that aren't in the film canon and we're in this sure, age now you know sure. We don't. I guess maybe we don't mind it as much because we're used to the way it used to be, where George would do ah, this because yes. because they established it as yes. films are a canon and then everything else is b canon. But now yep. Disney has said that like everything is canon, so right. you can't do that anymore. Then if that's the rule you've set, and, and so that's there. There's no unified voice leading the story group, or there's no there's no singular voice leading the story group right now. There's too many cooks. Go, Just go back on Google. Uh, here's another pro tip from your buddy, Christopher. Just Google too many cooks, YouTube, and watch the video. Okay. And then there, then you're going to see an inside look of the Lucasfilm story group. So do that didn't if you're listening. Be Le- didn't it used to just be Leland Chi and Pablo Hidalgo and that was it? Let's just go back to that. Yeah. They did a great job with the EU. Yeah. And I, I like I said, you've got all these other characters. I'm pretty sure Kaz in resistance oh, is younger than Poe. Yes. Poe was in the first couple episodes. Poe is on there. BB eight is with Kaz for most right. of the time. He is a good pilot. Why is he not part of this? Like you're telling me we could not find somebody to that looks like Kaz Insane. to wear the green jacket, to stand in the background Dude. that continues the storyline from resistance into this movie. Christopher Sean, the guy who voices him, just spike his hair up. That's him. It's just that part to me kind of bugged me that like, yes, we have all this other. It's almost like, hey, we're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And to your point, Josh, the story is getting out of control and we're losing it again. Right. Instead of keeping things that are tying together better, it's getting too big. And now we're we're losing sight of of what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Guys. This is pretty fascinating stuff, and <laughs> this is only our first Rise of Skywalker episode. Um, but we got, you know, we got a lot of content in here. Um, let's save some for another show. Let's let's uh, let's stew on these thoughts. Uh, but let's see, you know, we we have our segment coming up, right? Like, let's talk about where we think some things might go here. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the force works. Oh, really? You're cold. <laughs> so love that you leave that in. The I it, love that you leave the oh, you're cold in. Oh, I see, laugh that's every time. A great bit of writing. That is yeah. a great bit of writing. That's Lawrence Kasdan that section. Yes, that's yeah, Lawrence Kasdan. So, so with that, you know. Um, there's a lot we can talk about, but we we also talked in the last episode how this saga is closed, you know, and that was a lot of our fan questions that got sent in. Is, you know, what's going to happen? What's or what's going to happen? Closed. I don't think I, I. It's it's closed until it's not, and it's closed until Kevin Feige opens that door back. Um, and we got a taste of what these three characters can do together, um, Finn. Poe and Ray, and I want to see more of it. And I want to see more of Ray Skywalker's journey. I cannot tell you guys how incredibly satisfying it was for the movie to end with her taking the Skywalker name. Um, I, I absolutely love Ray Skywalker and I need to see more of it. Um, but as far as like where the star Wars saga goes from here, 
Um, I hope there's more Ray Skywalker content. I hope there's more novelizations. I hope there's more comics. I hope there's more supplemental material because I don't want the story to end. It it was so cool. Um, this this movie was so great, and there's so much to open up here. But really, the larger picture is what's going to happen to fandom because the Last Jedi created a division of fandom that was toxic, in my opinion. Um, and now it seems like the rise of Skywalker is almost doing the same. I mean, guys, I, I was on a more hardcore blackout after the movie than before the movie, just based on the way that people were reacting to this film and what I believe to be just unfound negativity and not allowing themselves to enjoy the film. And this is a whole topic. I can, I can have a whole show about this, but I think I, fandom needs to, to, to get their shit together. They need to take they a really? chill pill. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's very different though. When the original trilogy came out, social media wasn't even around. When the prequels came out, social media was just forming. It was just starting. I mean, I had an AOL account. I had to use dial up right. back then when those movies rolled out. Yeah. And then now social media is everywhere. And it's funny because I say this and we're doing a podcast and we all have, you know, oh, Star yeah. Wars friends show accounts and all this kind of stuff. And our opinion is out there. But I think everybody now is more so focused on their opinion is right versus it just being different. Right. Like and, and for every person that thinks theirs is right, there's 50 other people that agree with that person. And for, you know, if Josh thinks it's this way, he's got 50 other people that agree with him. But they they think their opinion is right, and that's the wrong way to go about it. You, just because you have an opinion, I've got opinions on tons of stuff. Doesn't mean yeah. I'm right. Doesn't mean Chris is right. Doesn't mean Josh is right or Kyle's right or Vic's right. It just we're all different. You just have to accept it, and and people view things differently. We're humans. Yeah, and and that's you know that happened to me, man. Um, I after the movie, I was so excited, I was so happy. I went on my my Twitter and you know just talked about how much I absolutely love this film, and I was getting told why I was wrong. And then I was reading just random posts going through my feed telling me why I was wrong for enjoying the film and wrong for feeling excited. I'm like, dude, I had enough. I, I went on a blackout again. I'm not wrong. This is how I feel, and I feel mm -hmm. it's a great movie, and it's it's. It worked for me. I'm not out there. Whatever, man. So I'm not going to try to get worked up. It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> you didn't hit him with a. You didn't hit him with a little. Uh, if loving this movie is wrong, I don't want to be right. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I needed to. I needed to. I got to give a shout out to my to uh, uh, a dude, um, Johnny Hoey, who runs the uh, Resistance broadcast, a very popular Star Wars podcast. Um, gave me some support this week on Twitter, um, just due to my my feelings, you know, as far as how I feel about this topic. And, you know, he definitely has, has my back as far as how I feel that no one should be telling me that I I'm wrong for liking this movie, man. So thanks to all the Twitter followers who, um, you know, gave me support as well, man, that, that meant a lot, um, to, to know that I'm not alone in my feelings out in the Twitter verse. <laughs> so my prediction isn't as much a prediction as it is like a hope, I guess, but I'm hoping for some supplemental material, novel, comics, whatever, that would explain like how Palpatine survived and how he amassed that fleet. And, and then just continued adventures, like you said, continued adventures of the main cast. And yeah. like I know there's a little bit of stuff going around about 
maybe since we didn't see Ben's Force Ghost, that maybe somehow he's alive or he will be alive in the future. Like, there's some there's some stuff going around about Force transference. I'm just saying, if obviously if that's true, I'd be I'd be cool to see some Ben Solo adventures. I don't think that it is, but you know, you never know. If the story group is listening, I can write that story about Emperor Palpatine for Josh. I can I can make that a reality. <laughs> so you can just hit me up at no one is Chris. I'll write that entire uh, novelization, please. <laughs> I think I think they left it pretty open. I mean, I get it. It's the last Skywalker movie, but she took on the name Skywalker. That leaves the door wide open for her to come back and do another movie. So when Disney goes, hey, our Star Wars cash cow is drying up. <laughs> Right. Go right back to it and say, raise back. A new evil arises, right? Because let's be honest, without you cannot have good without evil. There it's a dichotomy, right? It's yes. a yin yang. You cannot have one without the other. So if Ray is the last Jedi and is a Skywalker and is the only one left, evil has to rise from somewhere again. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's Sith Bong. practice. Yep. Um, Sith, Bong, something. Yeah, Thrawn. I, I think they can come back with her as a Jedi, and it would perfectly play out later out. But it, this gives her an opportunity to go do other projects in the next five, ten years. And if she wants to come back ten years later, she can jump right back into it. They can continue the story. But I think we're going to see uh, a few standalone movies. We've certainly got Clone Wars coming up. Yep. I'm excited for that, super excited for that. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with the fandom to your point, Chris, about, um, you know, those original trilogy fans or those old school people who really don't like the animated series stuff or don't watch it or don't pay any attention yeah, to it. Yeah. And that may be more of a focus going forward because if we have clone wars, yeah. resistance is done. There's gotta be some other animated show coming to fill the void. And I'm willing to bet that's the Ahsoka Sabine in search of Ezra that we're looking for. So I, that's what I, that's my prediction. That's where I think we're going. I don't, I mean, Ray didn't build a lightsaber, her own lightsaber to not use it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Agree. Oh, so good. <laughs> so, um, you mentioned something earlier about this, this Revan thing. What's up with the Revan thing? Yeah. So I, so we kind of talked about it before the show is, is, for those of you that know Revan or have read the novel or anything like that, you know, basically he was good. He turns bad and then he goes good again. I think they just told that story through Ben, essentially, because he started off Jedi training, learns from the Sith and then redeems himself and turns back to the light at the end. And it's very similar to, uh, I mean, Darth Vader was kind of the same way. Anakin was good in the beginning, goes bad sure. and then turns back good again. I, I, I think a lot of people that hope for a Revan story and don't get me wrong. I would love that story. I love Revan. He's a great character. Um, he's got a cool outfit. He's got sweet sabers. Like I would love to see yeah. that story, but I think they just told it. And if they were to come out in a year or two with a movie with Revan and they do that same kind of story arc, it may get lost on people. And, and again, for the, for the common fan who has no idea who Revan is, they may tune it out. Um, for us who geek out over that kind of stuff, we would all go see it twice, three times. Um, but I just don't think they're going to go to that well again so soon after this. What if they cast Chris Pratt 
as Revan. I mean, that's just gold, right? They're just going to print money, dude. That's all it takes. Kevin Feige comes in, calls up. Yay. What's up, Chris? Let's do this. Right. And then, uh, then the cash cow gets reopened. Revan becomes a household name and, uh, everyone's happy, including us diehards. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Pratt is Revan never takes the mask off. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's just star Lord. You know, you just hear the voice. No, I love it, but you know, that's not how the force works. So perfect. I could be way wrong. All right, guys. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow it and go home. I got a really good feeling about this. All right, so. Oh. Guys, we survived our first Rise of Skywalker recap show. First of many to come. I can tell already this is going to create a lot of dialogue in the future. Um, So, man, I'm guessing we're probably going to do another. We're already on episode 10. Let's do 10 Rise of Skywalker shows. Let's get to 20. (laughs) Keep it going. Uh, My goodness. So um, lots to cover here. I know that Kyle is probably going to be joining us in a couple days to give his reaction to our show today. Um, Kyle's going to hit us with his points. I'd like to hear what Vic's got to say, too. So that'll be interesting. We'll give them their uh, their platform to kind of tell us what their thoughts were. We'll react to that. Um, You guys, if you listen to us, uh, you know that we do contests. Uh, We are giving away a C-3PO and our our oldest friend, Babu Frick, Black Series figure. Um, I want (laughs) to give that away. I want to give one more week. For our listeners, I want to give that away on our next show. So, uh, if you're if you're listening to us, you can enter that. You can retweet uh, at Star Wars Friends Show. Uh, you can also hit us, share us on uh, Facebook. You can share us on Instagram. That's just how you enter the contest. You got to be following us and uh, share that post. Um, but yeah, I want to give the Rise of Skywalker. We hit them with a lot. We hit them with the Mandalorian. Hit them with the Rise of Skywalker. We got holidays. I want to give as many people a chance to win as possible. And with that, we also have another copy of Resistance Reborn to give out. Um, so all you have to do is comment on the Twitter post at SW Friends Show and tell us one thing you loved about the Rise of Skywalker. That's it. That's all you have to do. And you just tell us what you love. You're automatically entered and you can win uh, that copy of Resistance Reborn. Um, but I mentioned the social. That's SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can email us, show at StarWarsFriends.com. We definitely want to hear from you. It's all about community, what you like, what you dislike about Rise of Skywalker. Let's have some conversation about it. Maybe we can read some uh, some questions on our next show here. Uh, if you want to hit me up, you can hit me up at no one is Chris. Um, you can follow along with all my Canadian adventures and soon-to-be uh, Christmas holiday food posts. So where can they find you guys at? Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. You can find me on Twitter at I am the Bendu. Oh yeah! So uh, hit us up, guys. We want to hear from you. We uh, we enjoyed the Rise of Skywalker, and I uh, I want to talk to more people that had a good time. What your theories are, and you know the question. I don't think it's ever going to go away. 
what's going what's gonna to happen next? Where are we going with this saga? If you guys got thoughts, hit us up. Uh, but it's been a blast, guys. I mean, Merry Christmas. I don't know if Merry uh, Yeah, I know we'll text each other over the next two days, but uh, hope your holiday is awesome. I hope everyone listening has a great holiday. They're safe. Uh, they're with family, friends, loved ones, all that good stuff. And lots uh, of good holiday foods. Yeah. Grab your favorite Star Wars hot cocoa mug. Slip on your uh, your Yoda onesie. Hang around with your family and just uh, just live life, man. That's what it's all about. So thanks for joining us on this journey, everyone. We are the Star Wars friends. And uh, until next time, may the Force be with you. Always. Always.